0: Giving you your introduction This be the 101 podcast is brought to you by audible.com get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash look listen pod over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player all right folks welcome back to the look and listen podcast it's been a while since we've uh we've had a chance to sit down and talk this is actually the first episode of 2015 but uh you know we're back with a vengeance, man. Uh, today, as you see from the title, it's comics one on one. I got a couple great guests on here, and we're gonna discuss their experiences, comic book fans. And uh, you know we're gonna jump right into this thing. Uh, first things first, we're gonna let the lady be introduced first, uh, all the way from Twitter and international player. If you if you follow her on Twitter, then you know she's worldwide with her shit. Uh, we got the girl Hypolita. What's going on, lady?
1: Nothing much. How about yourself?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Uh and from the Movie Trailer Reviews, Agents of Shield Review Podcast, the co-host of Chris from Movie Trailer Reviews and Insanity Check Podcast. Uh, we got my man D Palm. What's going on, D? What's up,
2: man?
0: Chilling, man. Chilling. I want to thank both of you folks for being on here with me today. And, um, you know, we're going to have a good time. Uh, by the way, we mentioned movie trailer reviews and Chris. Uh, we wanted to have Chris on. But, you know, the the conspiracy uh, of, of TweetDeck and other Twitter apps prevented the brother from getting the, uh, the group messages that I sent so he didn't get them until like yesterday or whatever so it when he didn't have time to prepare himself and and move things around in order to be on the episode with us but um you know we're going to go ahead and do our thing the three of us we're going to rock this three man weave and um these two folks are actually going to be on his comic book movie movie comic book book club excuse me uh review later on uh if you want to what are you guys going to uh discuss on there if you want to let the people know about that
1: Uh, We'll be discussing New Avengers issues 7 through 24, which will involve me ranting about them being a bunch of wusses, so
0: on and so forth. Definitely have to check that out, man. So, y'all go over to MovieTrailerReviews.net, check out Chris. And, uh, and these two folks, as they review that and other stuff that they got going on over there. All right, man. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our conversation and then, you know, rock and roll and get it done with so that they can go over there and do their thing with him. Uh, my first question for you two is um, when you first became aware of comics, we'll let Hypolita uh, go first and then Deepom come in.
1: Oh, my. Um, it was so far back in my childhood that I don't actually know when. Okay. I've always been a very big reader, so you know whenever we went to the store, my parents would get me books. And if I was just standing around, there was also comic books. So basically, for my entire life, I've been reading. Books.
0: Okay, that's what's up, deep on.
2: Okay, so like when you started asking us about this stuff, I had never, really, I hadn't really thought about it in years. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and actually looked up the issue number and the, the cover of my first comic. First comic I ever read was X Men. Ninety-eight, the Sentinels are back. Um, so like a I grew up, I was an avid reader. I was the kid you couldn't put books down around. Like we went on a vacation once my parents reading my, my dad was reading a murder mystery book. I was like eight and I grabbed it. And like the first chapter was like somebody getting the head blown off. My mom was all worried, my dad was like, if he's old enough to grab the book, he's old enough to figure out his fate. So from there it was kinda I was one of those kids who kinda picked up everything they wanted to read. I was over at a friend's house one day and I've been watching the uh X Men cartoon on Saturday morning mm-hmm. in like the early 90s, and for some reason, we're messing around with my buddy's uh, Big Brother stuff. I found a, a wall of comics. I grabbed the first X Men comic I saw. I realized that what I was reading didn't look like it was on television. I was like, Oh, there's more stories of these people, and that was it. It was a wrap for me, all
0: right. All right, so um, the next question, and in in D Palm kind of already you know, sort of answered it to a certain extent, but um, what made you interested in comics? We'll go with him first and then we'll let, I'ma I'm go ahead and, you know, you gave me permission to use your, your first name. So I'ma just go ahead and say Siobhan and we'll let Siobhan come up second.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess really for me initially it was, I had seen this thing that was interesting to me and then like reading that first comic was like, it just, cause none of like, I think there was like two characters in that comic that were actually on the television screen and so for me, it was like oh, there's a whole bigger world, and from there it just kind of uh, it was a snowball effect. Like I want to learn more about this, want more about that, or like you'd see issues that like clearly even in cliffhangers, and you're like, and I'm reading issues from like the '70s and like '91 and '92, so I'm like, I want to see as much as I can. And now digitally, I think it's easier to get into comics. Then it was literally like going through my my my, my friends' big brothers' back issues and our mighty brothers' back issues when they were kids.
0: Right. All right, Siobhan, what you got?
1: Well, I mean, I just started reading them, and I always kept reading them. I have an interest. My, since I was a child, in anime, manga, comic books, and just books in general, so it just kept going.
0: So it was. So was, was it was an instant thing for you, or was it something that you know? It sounds like it was an instant thing. Was is that is that accurate?
1: It's, to be honest with you, it's just it's just another book.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Like I said, where I read fan fiction <laughs> and everything
0: else. Right. All right. That's what's up. All right. So we already touched on the next one. Um, You know, Siobhan said she doesn't really remember when she got started or even the first you know book that she read. Deepom already said the first book that he read. Um, But, you know, what are some of the other things that you started reading in those early days? You know, some of the first, you know, first few things that you remember picking up. Um, And also, do you still read those things now? Why or why not? We'll go with Siobhan first and then let Deepong come up.
1: Oh, you can let Deepong go first. I need to think of it. Okay.
0: All right. Go ahead, D. Uh,
2: Yeah, the first thing I read, like I said, was X Men. I've always been an X Men guy. The more I read, the more like, and the smarter and older I got, it was more like, oh, you can see the larger things behind the writing, like the alienation shit, and like the uh, almost um, Malcolm, uh, Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X of Professor X versus uh, Magneto, and like, I don't know. I was a bright kid, so like the allegories were lost on me, but at the same time, like it's cool to see like. The animate the the, the the art, but it's also cool to look the, the larger message. And for me, it's been kind of I still read X Men comics, and from there, it's just kind of now it's more I read I have to like find the things I like that I read because you know the industry's gotten whatever it is. But uh, it's yeah, I still I still read what I, I love back then.
0: That's what's up. All right, Siobhan you got an answer for us now?
1: Uh, well, I kind of don't read now, so that's why I was thinking.
0: Okay. <laughs> um.
1: I've always, like Palm. I was an uh, X-Men girl, like all of their books and everything. I still have collected it, collectible editions. Then mm. um, I started reading a lot of the um, indie stuff. So I guess these days I still read most of the indie stuff. I actually have moved away from all the most of the big ones because they frustrate me to no end with the continual crossovers and mix. So I guess I look around and I hear if there's something new, interesting starting. Um I usually go check out the first issue to see what's going on or if it's a graphic novel that's only like five or six issues I try to read it.
0: Okay, so to, to piggyback on what you just said you said like the some of the indie stuff is a little bit more easy to get get into now because the big boys have kind of frustrated you. Could you give us a couple specific things you mentioned crossovers and stuff like that but you know what oh, wh- are a couple other you know quick examples that you could give of, of the stuff that the bigger franchises do that kind of piss you off now.
1: Oh why? Well, okay, so I don't remember what year this was. I want to say it was like 2010, 2011. But they did the – well, first they did Identity Crisis, and they did some other crisis, and they did Final Crisis, and then they were doing uh, a book called uh, Countdown. So it was like a weekly comic, and I was buying every issue – and it was after the last crossover. It was supposed to be like a healing from after everything that went down during that big DC crossover. And then the week, uh, and it was to reveal a bunch of secrets from the year that was missing. And then when that when I'm sorry, backwards. That was called 52. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wait a second. Well, yeah, wait, backwards. It was called 52. Get
0: it right over there. Get it right. And then when
1: 52 <laughs> was supposed to be the year that was missing from the time skip and all the main books ended... It said Countdown to Final Crisis. And it was a whole nother crossover, a whole nother 52-issue book about another issue happening. And I was just so done. I was like, I'll quit. And then for uh, Marvel, I quit because, let's see. After House of M, which really annoyed me, we had like the vampires and then oh it was a new mutant born, Hope, and they went to the future. And then after Hope was born, they came back and they killed Cable and she was like the Phoenix, but not, and all this other stuff's going on and it got boring. And there was a crossover that happened that I'm blanking on the name of that made me throw my books away because it's so stupid, but oh, I man. kind of kept my kept my hand dabbled into it until Avengers versus X-Men. I hate that series so much, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it, it it pains me how much I hate that series. So yeah, that was the end for me. The final, final end. I just kind of stayed in, you know, not really keeping up, not buying. I used to buy $200 of the comics every two weeks, so $400 wow. a month minimum. Like, I went away from all that. That's was, crazy.
0: Yeah. And actually, some of the things that you mentioned, we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later. Um, so we'll come back to that. Um, I did want to ask you guys, um, you both mentioned the X-Men being something that that really hooked you from the beginning. Um, what was it about the X-Men that that really pulled you in? We'll start with Palm first and then we'll let Siobhan come in.
2: Uh, for me, it was uh, a lot of it was the serialized storytelling. Like, like I said, I started reading back issues and older comics. So when I got into it, I was reading like Chris Claremont stuff, and a lot of Chris Claremont's thing. Uh, his, his work is very, very word heavy, which I'm big on. I mean, I like reading, so yeah, it's fun for me. But also, like you see a a plot seated one year and it won't pay off for like three more years okay. but at the same time he's telling the story the whole time and you're watching it build and you're watching it grow for me it was like this is cool this is evol-. you can watch a character evolve or watch a storyline evolve and even now like i know that some of the specific specific runs that evolved to just referenced where she says that she got kind of i think more it was for her it almost sounded like to me it was almost burnout hmm. like event burnout for me it was Going through those events and finding those same character moments and the well-written moments that I enjoy for me now Like just speaking on where I stand now as a comic reader. I'm I, I follow creators more than I do More than I do uh, a Family of books, okay. so like there was a point where the people running X-Men I didn't really feel so I walked away i, was like, I don't need to buy those for a minute. I can read re- recaps on wikis or whatever but like, if anything major character-wise happens, but when Brian Bendis got the X-Men books, and was like, I'm gonna write three X-Men books a month. I renewed subscriptions. I was like, I need to get these books because I like Brian Bendis, um, and that was that's kind of where I am right now.
0: Right. So it sounds like for you, like you said, it's more of a, a thing about the people behind the scenes, and you trusting their work. Like you know, exactly. movie fans and once, will say, like, go ahead.
2: No, so once you once you've done something or or you. Put out a, 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 a consistent body where I can say, yeah. you know what? I may not feel this particular story. I may not feel this particular issue. I know that this dude's got a plan. And I also, and it's kind of something I've talked about with Chris, is if I know they're going to have a tenure on the book. Like if I know you're coming in for two issues, I'm fucking going two issues for Right. The yeah. stories you can't connect and you can't really plot out. You're here literally as a fill but if I know that a writer says, Oh, I've got a three-year story to tell on I got a three-year Batman story to tell. Well, guess what? If I know that character tells good stories, I know that the editorial is gonna back them, then I'll say, I'm here for the stories. Tell me tell me your stories. Cause like even like we're gonna like you said, we're gonna go to the New Avengers later, and there's gonna be a point in the panel, I can tell you right now, people bitch about having to work with the crossover. Hmm. And it's a reasonable complaint. I understand it. For me, the crossover wasn't that distracting, but I can see where it's a problem. But at the same time, I trust John Hickman. I know that whatever he's building over there in Avengers, and it's kind of interesting that we're reading just this one book, because he's writing, I think, two other Avengers books that all kind of intertwine. But for me, it's like, I trust him. He's done good work in the past. Like, he's written things that literally will almost drive you to tears. And so even if he's got to get shoehorned into a, 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 a crossover, I can ride those issues out and find things in those issues that I like.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, As a creative person and, and, and a fan of things as well, whenever I get to the point where I feel like I can trust someone to give me good quality material, then I'm going to ride with them. Like, there's certain artists who could put out an album today and, you know, without hearing anything about it, I'll go ahead and fuck with it because I know that they bring good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I like, trust like, them when, like that. Like,
2: when Crit drops a track, I don't even ask questions. I just
0: right, right.
2: That's something that he's he's reset point for me. Like yeah, if yeah. Crit's in my city, I'm going.
0: Yeah, and that uh, and that the
2: finals game last year because I went to a great show in Philly.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's important. I mean, like that's that's definitely one of the things that you that you should strive for. I think, um, you know, as somebody who's putting out material, like to, to give the people something that that they know is consistently good. You know, there might be things here and there that they don't like or whatever, or or stuff that you know you feel like you know I probably could have done better with this, but you know, as long as you're consistently good, then that says a lot about you and, and how much your audience is going to trust you or whatever. Um, so, Siobhan, what, what would you say about the X-Men was was the thing or things that really made you an X-Men fan from the early days? Storm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, plus, you know, the, the story is supposed to be in relation to civil rights and racism. So, you know, obviously, a young black kid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> relates. So... That's but yeah, he he this whole long diatribe.
0: Uh Storm Hey, I mean if, if 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 Storm is your one word answer, we can rock with that. I'm sure there's a lot of other people that feel the same way. Like shit, Storm was the one for me too. All right. Um, so moving on to the next thing, um, you know, we talked about some of the earlier stuff. Um, how much do you all actually go back and reread the old stuff? Like, are there old things that you have, um, you know, from the original days or from, you know, the, the point where you really got into your groove and stuff like that? Do you still kind of go back and read it? And if you do go back and reread certain stuff you know is the experience different now that you know it kind of like a, I guess like if you've a movie that you've seen a bunch of times like do you still sort of get like whatever feelings that you had when you read the stuff and all of that um you know we'll go with Siobhan first and then we'll let Palm come in.
1: Um, sometimes I go back and read stuff and I'm like, God, the drawing was really bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's when I, I noticed. And sometimes my favorite stories, i go back and be like, man, this story was terrible. Why did I like it? Mm. So I've learned to, for the most part, not go back. Okay. <laughs> because a lot of it is not as good as it is in your memory. Um, things I've reread read though, like just to, when something, a plot point on some of the indie ones I read will come back up, like, Forever and a day later, I'll go back and read to see what happened. And some things I like better now, better in the past than they are now. For instance, Powers. Mm. I read the first ten volumes of Powers over again, but the current things going on in Powers, ever since Dina got the bug powers and all that, I'm not really too into it. So I read a lot of the I read a lot of the old issues. So. Oh, and, and certain like arcs that were really uh, good to me, like certain Batman ones. Or if I feel like – arguing, if I'm arguing with somebody about details, I will look it up. But right. yeah, generally I just kind of look to the present for anything that I happen to be reading because a lot of the stuff – Memory is forgiving.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia definitely plays a big role in things that we that we grew up on and, and all of that. And like you said, when you have, you know, when, you, when you're when you first reading this stuff and, and, and getting into it, it seems like the greatest thing ever because it's the most current thing. You know what I mean? But as you get older and you kind of look back at it, you, you can still maybe appreciate certain things, but you also look back at it like the quality of it maybe isn't as good as I thought it was or, or it's just not up to the level that things are, you know, at, at this stage. Um, you know, she mentioned the drawings and things like that. I'm sure like the artwork and the books is a lot better now than it was back then. And that's not to say that the folks that were drawing stuff back then couldn't couldn't do that thing. But, you know, now there's more tools and, and more ways to really, you know, make your stuff more crisp than it, than it was, you know, I'm I'm not a person that really, that ever really read comics. So I can't really comment too much on the quality of the books back then, as opposed to now in 2015, but just, you know, looking at the natural progression of things that I am a fan of, like, you know, music and film and television and stuff like that, just knowing how things have changed in those areas, um, you know, seems like it would be the same thing pretty much for anything. You know what I mean? Um, so, Palm, what you got, man? What's your answer to this question about, you know, how often or or if you go back and reread old stuff?
2: I'm constantly reading old stuff. Okay. I love old stuff. Um, Yeah, sometimes people say the art's not their favorite and the things get crisper or whatever. But I think that's more, and especially some of the stories, that's a more natural progression of storytelling. Like, it's gotten more more accepted on a mainstream level to tell a more complex story. Mm Mm-hmm. At the same time, like the things that are perennial standouts in the past are because they took those leaps of telling the 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 advanced story. Like Watchmen is readable today. Watchmen was written in 1987. Like it's 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 not just readable. It's like you can see things that are done in Watchmen that are taken that people take pieces of and use in comics today. So for me, and especially because the way the creators work, especially with this new social media, is after the issue comes out, you can read an interview with the, the creator and be like, oh, here's why I did this, here's what's coming, here's here's a tease of what's coming next, here's my thought process, and here's what inspired this. And so for me, it's interesting because this isn't a medium where a director will take eight months of his life and it's hard, it's physically hard to direct a movie. This is not something where you have to go in a booth and record six months of, of, of records. This is a man in a laptop. Mm-hmm. So like... The people who I knew could write back then, they maybe maybe times have passed them by, maybe like Frank Miller, like some of his like even Mark Millar, like some of his stuff doesn't hit for me, but like when it does, I can be like, look, th- there was a time. Right. And so when I read new guys like your James Roberts or your Scott Snyders, I can say like, oh well they these and may cite things that I also like as a past favorite. It's great for me, and like I said earlier, when you got someone who's gonna do a long run, like I know Shimon hated <clears throat> House of M, but I thought it was important for what they were letting Bendis do in the Marvel Universe.
1: I didn't so hate all-
2: it. Okay. I didn't hate it. Okay. You, you, all right. Well, we will play that back
0: later. She <laughs> strongly dislikes it. You
1: strongly dislikes <laughs> it. I
0: feel
1: like they should have killed Wanda a long time ago. That's a whole nother thing. That's
2: a whole. That's a whole other thing. Um. <laughs> But as, like, when Bendis, like, the, the way Marvel's kind of worked the last 10 years is they'll kind of give a writer and editor and say, You're going to write these group of books. You're going to be the, the shepherd of these group of books, which I've kind of really appreciated. Because I know that when Bendis is writing something in his first issues of Avengers, he can play back off of that later on. And I know that if Joss Whedon, who did, did a twenty or 12, was yeah, 24 issue run on X Men, he can pick up threads that were left by other writers. And he can leave threads of his own. Like it for me, it's 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 all part of one big story. Right. So yeah, there are gonna be issues like, yeah, Batman probably shouldn't have had a Bat rocket and gone to outer space. That's really weird in 70s psychedelic comics. But at the same time, like it's one, it's reflective, it's kind of like a timestamp of when it was written. Mm-hmm. And two, it kind of gives you it, it lets you know that, like, let's not take these characters, like, we all take the characters fairly seriously because, honestly, there's certain characters that I grew up with. I'm like, I feel ownership over these characters. But at the same time, like, we've told pretty weird stories. Like, this is, it's just comics. Let's have some fun. Let's tell some stories that are fun. And let's find a way to make it all part of one tapestry. It's a bunch of people saying, well, things are better in my day or things are better now. Like, why can't we all just enjoy the fucking comics?
0: Yeah, I, I, I definitely have a couple questions about. Uh the the things that I've witnessed uh comic nerds do when it comes to uh expressing their anger about changes and things like that along the ways but you know again I I think that if you if you have a trust for the people that are putting the stuff out, then then that definitely can help. Um, but you know, nostalgia, as we talked about a, a, a little while ago, nostalgia sometimes is is a bitch, man. Like it 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 makes you feel like you just said, like you have ownership of, of certain things. Yeah. And, and and I, you know, I, I guess I can relate it to kind of like being a sports fan. You know, you're you're a big sports guy. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if Siobhan is in the sports or not, but you know, a lot of people out there that might be listening are also in the sports as well. Like, and there's certain times where you feel like ownership of, of that situation when you really don't have it. And it makes you like irrational and it makes you yeah. say and do a lot of crazy shit that you know doesn't really make sense or you know is not right, but for some reason you become so selfish with it that you know it's like fuck everybody else and, and all yeah. that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So like this this comic yeah, yeah. thing. Go ahead.
2: An even better analogy is the way people treat Kanye. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, I don't like this new. He's gone so far off off of what he should be doing. What the fuck are you to tell him?
0: <laughs> what like, he great. should be doing? Yeah, <laughs> you
2: can't tell them like this is literally his creation. You can't tell him how to express whatever he's got to express.
0: Right? Yeah, we're
2: along, we're along for the ride. We're along to if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. Like, right? I'm an out I'm an outcast. I'm the biggest outcast fan in the world. Like, I I I got I have a
0: problem. Yeah, I rock with those dudes too. Right?
2: For me, uh, love below. <clears throat> It doesn't, like, there are good moments on it. Musically, I find it incohesive, and I find that, like, it kind of, you know, it's kind of Dre trying to do a thousand things at once, and so, for me, it's just something I don't listen to that, I don't play that much, but it doesn't mean that Dre was wrong, it doesn't mean that, like, he betrayed me by not rapping on an album, it was his bucket, it's what he wanted to do.
0: It was different than what I expected it to be, but... I really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed that album. Uh,
2: I, I enjoy songs off the album. I can't if, like for me, it's we're not we're not going to go on a music right. tangent. But for me, musically, I'm, I'm a big album guy. Like I like to hear a cohesive voice and message mm-hmm. in an album. And I felt like he said there, there are like 20 different Andres yeah. on that album.
0: But you know what? I mean, we can relate this back to comics, though, because, you know, you talked about earlier about um, basically how these are really long stories being told. So cohesion and cohesiveness and consistency are, are very important things. You know, in this case, you know, we're talking about things that are put out, I don't know how often do comics come out? Is it is it a, a monthly thing or like, you know, what what's the normal time frame of when books are released? <laughs>
1: Depends on what kind of comic it is, but if it's the bigger ones, usually it's monthly. Okay. Uh, some of them, now they've tried to move to that whole weekly thing. I don't know how it's working out. Some of the smaller ones may that depend on maybe the same writer and uh, artist may take longer. Maybe bi-weekly, may sk- may bi-monthly, may skip a month here or there. Okay. I do some graphic novels that come out even less than that. They're just like at random. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> it's it's like she says, most of the big guys try to do monthly but the, the smaller the operation, it's harder to do. I read, Robert, Robert Kirkman's the guy who wrote Walking Dead and uh, he created a superhero book probably 11 years ago called Invincible. You would know. I love it. <laughs> and in if, if, L. Brothers, like if you're getting in the comics, I would just hand you admissible trades. Like this, okay. it's self-contained. It doesn't tie to anything else, and it's one creator. But he's running issues lately where he's openly said in the, in the letter column, "We're not going to solicit the books until the arc is done." Yeah. Because we're having to. Because. Because I'm running a television show, I'm writing Walking Dead, and I'm writing three other books. Like, it just, it's just, I'm spread too thin. and it doesn't come out on time, and it's not fair to you guys. So if I tell you that you've got a six-issue art coming, you're going to get those six issues. You may get a break before the next six. Okay. Because before, like, honestly, I've gone to shop like, hey, it's a Week. It's not on well, Diamond. It's not it's on not, a, a, a shipping list. I'm like, well, shit. All right. And there's nothing I can do. Like, I can't go into Rage of the Heavens. Like, it's just... You know, I, but I appreciate that the creators acknowledge that. And Siobhan brought up a really good point. Like certain companies have gotten greedy on the weeklies and I think they've been very hit or miss. Like for me, 52 was beautifully done. I thought it was a really well done story. They, they were able to weave in like a bunch of minor characters in the universe and make them more important. The follow-up countdown, like Siobhan said, was a goddamn train wreck. So it's it's important, and for me, that's kind of like what made me appreciate more than just say who the writer and artist is, who's the editorial team, what is their track record? How good are they at letting you tell a story? Because editorial will come in and say, you can't do that, We we may have plans for that character in the future. Like what, like that's horseshit, you might have plans? I've got plans now
0: yeah yeah that makes sense man all right so you know moving along we'll uh we'll we'll probably come back to some of these things um but i wanted to ask you sort of related to the the question the the previous question from the list that i asked you before about um going back and rereading some of the old stuff uh you know D palm kind of mentioned that that he does you know go back and, and check out a lot of stuff um for both of you though um when it does come to going back to, to reread stuff, you know, whether it's in Deepom's case where it's like just, you know, still having that love for old things and wanting to go back and just, you know, re-get into it. Or in Siobhan's case where it's maybe to reference something uh, for a conversation that she's had or, or, or to, you know, sort of remind her of where she heard or saw a particular theme in a newer comic. Um you know where do you keep your older stuff you know and, and what ways do you store and collect them? Are they just in a drawer somewhere or do you have them in a in a fucking sealed room with a special temperature setting or like you know where do you keep your stuff at and, and, and exactly how do you you know preserve it and and try to keep it you know as, as crisp as you possibly can? We go with Siobhan first and then Deepon
1: No, go deep home first.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was wondering if you were still there. I was like, damn, she dropped. <laughs> go ahead, man.
2: Uh, the answer to your question is yes. I do everything. Um, I'm just like any other collector of anything. At one point, I had a bunch of stuff and lost a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I had long boxes. I've had not temperature. I didn't go that far, but I had long boxes of books that are like, these are you know, my monthly pickups. Um, since the advent of digital I've gone a lot more digital okay. I get all my comics digitally now just because it's a space issue I don't have a whole fucking ton of space um, old, like I'm looking at my bookshelf right now it's probably 25% uh, trade paperbacks or graphic novels so those are like similar stories Like I've bought Watchmen four times because I've had, I've been it to people or I've lost it or I've, you know dropped me on or something but it's such an important story for me uh, Dark Knight Returns. I uh, like. There are certain ones that I I have and I will put it on a shelf because if someone says, "Oh, I want to read a comic book." I'll hand them that and say, "Give it back to me like a week or so." Okay. But for most of it, especially the more recent stuff, unless it's something that's like an incentive cover, like the Run the Jewels covers, I've already gone to my local comic shop and said, "Hey, man, here's an extra ten bucks. I'm gonna need you to pull two of these, <laughs> so I can put them put them aside because I'm gonna frame one and I'll put one in a long box. So these are great, and." You know, it's it's for me, it's a mix and match. The day to day, just the rote, I need to, I'm reading this comic because I'm investing in the story. I'm going to go ahead and just download it digitally. Um, but anything else, like if it's something that's a, an incentive cover or a reorder variant, or, you know, I'm not a huge, like there are people who collect who say, like, I'm buying this comic because it's going to cost, it. it's going to be worth something. Yeah, yeah. I generally buy for story, but like if it's a special cover, or if it's like, a, like I know when Jeff Loeb's son died and did a I think 20 covers of this Superman book to give for uh, childhood leukemia research. And I bought like 10 covers. Nice.
0: No, like, so cool
2: that he, and then like, he, in the story itself, he tells a story where this kid named Sam helping out Superman, it's his, it's his son's name, and it's kind of touching and nice. And I was like, that's a good cause. I'll drop some coin for that.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty fly right there, man. It's it's for a good cause, and he's he was able to put a personal touch into the material or whatever. And then you know, folks like yourself were supporting him in what he was doing. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, Siobhan, you got an answer for us now? I mean, <laughs> I mean you you were giving this whole line off, and then
1: out of nowhere, Siobhan, you go first. I'm like, dang, okay. Listen,
0: uh, hey man, we, we 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 you gotta be ready. Now I will say this though, I, I do have to apologize to you too because normally the way that I do this when I bite people on is you know hit them up behind the scenes and then try to get email addresses and then I usually send the questions ahead of time so if they want to take a look at them then they can but I, I didn't do that this time so you guys might be at a little bit of a disadvantage um but the order is kind of random it's just kind of based on you know the flow of the conversation so even if you had a chance to look at the questions you know I still might throw to you and you might not be ready <laughs> but uh. go ahead though
1: so the question was concerning about collecting
0: and- yeah like do, like just do, do you still have like like those older ones that you said that you kind of referenced you you know you said your answer earlier was kind of different from his he said he kind of goes back because he really enjoys reading the older stuff and you said you've kind of moved on from that but you know you still have the older stuff in some I cases to, to go back to you know take a look at so just like you know where do you keep them at and, and what you know what ways do you sort of try to preserve them so that they'll last you know years into the future
1: i mean i keep everything boarded and bagged that's like the basic thing I have 19 long boxes right now i stopped collecting like seven years ago so but for, but I, right now i'm trying to donate these 19 long boxes to somebody but the boys and girls club here in the children's hospital won't take them because they say comics are not age appropriate hey hey,
2: hey don't <laughs> worry about donate because i'm gonna have space soon
1: donate unless you're buying them I'm donating if you can't give me a I'm, cookie, a don- I can- I'm a donation recipient if, if I can't write it me? off if I can't write it off it's not a donation right.
0: <laughs> now before we finish conducting the business of whether or not she's gonna air quote donate this stuff to you or not for folks like myself and other people who might not know what these long boxes are and, and you said you keep your stuff boarded and bagged what exactly does that mean what is, what is a oh. long box and what does boarding and bagging mean
1: Oh, um, there's boxes short and long that are in the shape of a rectangle and you can place comic books in them and they will fit. Um, I don't know. I think I'm a hundred, 150 or so a box, something ridiculous like that. Um, And bagging and boxing is you take a cardboard board and you put it on the back of – to the back of your comic and then you take a plastic bag and you put the board in your comic inside the bag and then you seal the bag. So then you have something keeping your comic straight up and down and firm and you have a bag protecting it from the elements and the boxes to contain everything so you can easily transport and move them. Hey Leonard, did you ever collect uh, like trading cards as a kid?
0: Uh, I had some but I wasn't like a serious collector but you like no,
2: but aware of it right yeah nobody yeah.
1: collects those
2: weirdo but I'm, I'm using I'm using it as a player <laughs> reference damn um, <laughs> so the bagging and boarding like she said it's the same idea it's just the way that you know how they grade like I don't know if they've ever gotten like heavy the cards but like they grade collectible cards yeah that's the same way they do with comics okay so, uh, and I forget who does, I don't know who's, who's the big graders now, but yeah, so they it, have
1: like, there's somebody that he's on the diamond, the diamond,
2: yeah, they use the it. diamond, the diamond references, whatever. But like, if you like, I know Chris is big into buying old comics mm-hmm. and I'm low key jealous as fuck cause I just can't pull the trigger, <laughs> but he, he'd he be like, I got a, I got a, a B grade Avengers 14, but the A was
1: like $2,000 more. Okay. And so that's kind of they moved away I thought they were doing numbers on a scale of I 10 I don't know I'm just I'm oh just, I'm CGC just, CGC
2: thank you Yes. Yeah. yeah the CGC they, they they graded like she said on a scale of 1 to 10 but like like from there you can things are going to cost more the higher the closer you are to 10 like Amazing Fantasy 15 the first appearance of Spider-Man a 10 version of that I think there's probably 2 left that are graded above 9 so that's kind of it goes it owes to the rarity and how you kept up your comics yeah
1: yeah, back in the day the prices weren't that crazy. I kept trying to get a X-Men giant annual number one. And for like a seven or eight, it was around 400 300 to four hundred and fifty dollars. That was like ten years ago. Now? That's your first
2: appearance of Storm, Nightcrawler, yeah and
1: losses. Mm-hmm. Not Wolverine. Not Wolverine. Yeah, that's right the whole book. Um but but if you try to buy that now, I don't even know how much it would cost. Like Good luck. <laughs> I, 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 Ten right. years ago, I was actively trying to get one, and then oh, eBay. I was trying to get via eBay, and this eBay wasn't quite as big yet, so it was still like doable. But now, I don't even know how much like an actual well a well graded one would go for, because the market. Well, Glad you asked, because I've got the internet,
2: which is pretty helpful.
0: Um- <laughs> I'm looking right <laughs> now. Shout out so to the, the internet.
2: Three, the comic you're talking about at nine, above a nine point five grade went for ninety three hundred dollars. Um, mm. Yeah bad it's getting it's going it's just
0: going, going up all right so to make sure that i understand this stuff properly or whatever so i don't know if this is right or not but when i heard you describe what a long box was it reminded me of those you remember when you used to buy a cd and they had those long boxes yes and, oh, right yeah kind
1: of like that is yes. it like that okay yeah. so that's Sips that the
0: cardboard right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah for oh uh young people out there who don't know what the hell we're talking about like CDs, which are actually still for sale, actually, used to a disc have.
1: Actually, this case, this case is closer.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember what those were, or whatever. So then, it, <laughs> and then also you mentioned that rating scale. So, so it's a scale of one to ten, and, and the higher is the better quality. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Better Word.
1: maintained and taken care of, not damaged, because some of them might be water damaged right. or whatever. I bought a. Um, I want to say uh, something science. Search with the E. I'm right now. Blanking, blanking. Man, I'm having a hard time my memory right now. But I bought this one uh, story from like the 1950s that was about um, an astronaut from Earth that went to another planet and the red and the blue robots were treating each other differently, discrimination based on what color you were. And I think. God it, damn, oh, well,
0: racism existed in that shit hold too. Up,
1: hold up. So the, in the comic book, <laughs> the dude was talking about how crazy it was that they were treating them like that. And then the astronaut takes his helmet off and he's black. Yes. So, it, so it's from like the it was back in during Jim Crow era that they wrote that. So it was like a huge deal. And that book got banned. <laughs> so I went to get the original one. So I got it a few years ago. Uh, that one, though, for rating, probably like a five, four and a half. It's terrible. See. Take, terrible take care of. But yeah. See.
0: Yeah. And also they didn't want the story to be out there because it's a C-O-N-spiracy.
1: Well it got it got reprinted later.
0: Okay. <laughs> good, good, good.
1: Was it E C comics? I don't know. Oh
0: man. I don't know. I you know I don't know, so oh well. Anyway, um <laughs> so we've been talking about some of the old school stuff and things like that. Um, would you sell any of your, your uh, old material? it was the comics. The story's DC? called Judgment
1: Day. Yeah. Okay.
0: Judgment Day. So y'all y'all go check that out. DC yeah, Comics Weird, Judgment was Day. Yeah, it Weird
1: Fantasy 18, April 1953.
0: Oh, she got the date. The girl, she's on point, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> let going go look it up. She's on point, man. She, <laughs> she, apparently she has the internet at her place, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about, um, you know, your willingness to, to possibly donate. Um, one of the questions that I did want to ask you all is, Is would you sell any of your, your old or original stuff? Why yeah. why not? Go ahead. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you go ahead first, Javon, since you seem to be ready to answer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Shoot, I sell shoes and clothes and everything else. Why wouldn't I sell my comics that I'm tired of? But uh, the problem is I'm lazy. To go through <sighs> my long boxes and take photos of what I have is way more work than I want to deal with. Okay. That's why... 19
0: long boxes being donated <laughs> Boy, that's what's up d palm would you get rid of some of your stuff for the right price
1: i'm given away
2: comics Like I, okay Again, like I said, I'm not a collector like that where I'm like, this is gonna be worth something one day. I'm like, that's a cool story. I want to read it, mm-hmm. and and yeah, I love going back to it. But especially with the advent of digital, like now I got a lot of it digitized. As I've said before, like I've lost so many comics over the years just through moving. You know, just I can't take that with me. And here's this, but Right. yeah, I, I, I'm not one of those clutching to my comics like you. You can't ever lose them.
0: That's what's up. All right, so so one more question about sort of the the business of being a comic fan. Um, you know, again, I, I didn't really read comics at all growing up, but I do know that you know it's it's pretty expensive. Siobhan mentioned earlier spending like two hundred dollars two hundred dollars, you know, on comics. You know, with what I think she said, like in a month or whatever. No, so, that was two weeks. Two weeks. God damn. No,
1: no, and that was a, that was a cheap time for me. I actually had a video on YouTube. That's why I know offhand that that was so cheap. <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shit. So go ahead, go ahead. It, was there anything else you wanted to say?
1: I was, I, I was, as you were talking about how expensive it is, I was lamenting because for this podcast, we had to read a number of issues uh-huh. and I paid for Marvel Unlimited, but one of the issues wasn't on there. So I went to go buy it and it was 4 dollars for a digital copy. And I was like, oh my God, why are comics still so expensive? What happened to $2.99? That's
0: crazy, man. <laughs> That's crazy. So, to the question that I wanted to ask you all though, is with the, the prices being whatever they are and, 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 you know, doing this for so many years, you know, in your early. Early days, I assume you probably started reading, you know, when you were kids. You know, how were you able to get them? Like, you know, what, did you have to like, you know, get good grades in school? Like, how were you able to convince your parents to buy these books for you? And then, you know, were you eventually able to, you know, make your own money and stuff like that? Like, how were you able to basically support your habit of comics? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay.
1: It is no, I didn't. My parents didn't buy comics. They would buy books, no problem. Every time you we went to the store, I would get a new book. Right. The comics, though, would be either me reading them in the store or getting the trade paperback if the library had it, or reading it in the store.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Palm, what you got, man?
1: Uh,
2: so. All right. This is a little comic businessy.
0: Hey, that's what we're we, here for. We, it's we, comics one on one, man. Go ahead and get into we it. We
2: were kids. There was something. They, a lot of comics operated outside the direct market. Now, if you want to find a comic, you kind of have to go to a comic shop. Back then, they had them in grocery stores. They had them yep. in Kmart's. They had them yep. in. They put them by like, like where you see gum and shit now. Yeah. There'd be a comic like circular there. And so it was one of those impulse buys, like, Mom, can I have this? And back then, like Siobhan just noticed, $4 for a comic, comics were like 150 mm. Like the price points jumped. As some of the larger corporations started feeling the tightness around 2000, and they started upping quality, papers, whatever. I'm not even worried about it. But <laughs> before the move to the direct marketplace, it was a lot more saturated, and a lot more kids were into comics. Like you could buy like a three-pack of comics for like two dollars, right? And they wouldn't always be in order. But for me, it was exposure to a lot more comics I probably wouldn't have read. I think my first Avengers comic was sandwiched with two X-Men comics. I knew I, I, was like, I want to read those. I want to I want those. But you know, this Avengers comic, whatever. And I read it i was like okay maybe i like avengers too and so that was kind of like the snowball effect but now that they've moved away from that it's harder for and people limited this people watch smarter than me it's harder for kids to get into comics especially well like you said at the price point they are now then it was like it was equivalent to asking for a candy bar and okay it
0: out. okay yeah I, you know and and i probably saw a lot of that stuff like at grocery stores but but I guess because I wasn't as you know, I wasn't into it, yeah. I might not have ever noticed that, that they were there, like basically, like you said, a pack of gum would be, you know, near the uh the checkout line and stuff like that. Um yeah, so it, it, it I guess it's always been sort of an expensive thing, but at at a point, you know, it was uh, easier to to get these things because they were only, like, a couple dollars. So it wasn't...
2: what happened was, and this is, again, getting super into the business of comics, uh in the mid-'90s, the collector, like, the reason that these comics are going for $12,000 is because the collector's market really started to Mm happen. Because you had, like, these late-in-life people who have been collecting comics in our lives start to sell their old comics. The distributors and the creators saw this and said... Oh, we should probably stop mass, mass selling our comics, someone them in specific places. We can sell them for a higher price point. Right. And we can add in variants. So, like, Yvonne and I were like, we were kind of laughing about, like, I was out searching for different covers, but, like, in the 90s, you'd have, like, here's the Chrome cover and the Chrome hologram cover and the Chrome hologram
1: cover. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. My Death is Superman, my Death of Superman comics, I have all these. <laughs> <Yo. versions laughs> still in the bag from 19, whenever that was, that, the white version, the black version, and yes. the super version, all they came, still in the and they came with, like, a black armband with an S on them. And, ca- and, and holograms <laughs> on the front, yes.
0: <laughs>
2: when they decided to do this to try to capitalize the question. Market, they oversaturate the covers okay. market, so all those unique covers are fucking worthless now.
0: Okay. So,
1: even worse nowadays. So yeah. The, the comics, they'll be like, okay, we yeah, had this cover and this variant cover, and then they always some of them have the black white, right? Uh, black and white pencil covers that are like look they're just half drawn not all the way through but they'll be like oh this covers only one in 75 or one in 100 so then the comic book stores upcharge you if you're a collector to get the special variant that is only limited oh such a scam so annoying
0: okay so so this conversation actually kind of leads into one of the other questions that i want to ask but i want to touch on this before we get to that so it sounds like what you all are saying is that you know, for a while in the the early days of of the genre in general but then even in your early days as fans like you know back I guess like back in the 80s and 90s that comics were sort of a niche niche type thing where you know you were a fan of it and you were aware of it then you knew where to look for it and all that kind of stuff then at some point collectors and people who started getting older who were fans you know decided to put their stuff you know for sale and trade shows and all these different things and it sounds like what you're saying is that the, the Comic book companies, you know, Marvel and DC being the largest ones, that they sort of um, realized that a new market has been created by, you know, the, the fans, basically, like the fans sort of created... A a a new avenue of of this particular I don't know if hobby is the right word or whatever, but you know this particular lifestyle of being a comic book fan, and that they then went back and said, well, we're going to try to maximize our ability to make money, so we're going to sell them fifteen different covers of the exactly. same thing, and it just kind of became like you said, became oversaturated. Did that also change the uh, the frequency of the books coming out? Like, was it was it? Always a monthly thing, and then you know, at at a certain point, then you had companies go weekly because they were trying to maximize their their oh, no, earning no, no, potential no, no. or like. No no.
1: Okay, so. no, 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 no. Comic book Wednesday was every week. Comic okay. books it came out every month on that week. Now, or maybe shifted around in that month, but still during that month. When we were talking about weekly comics earlier, that's something that, that people can yeah, I mean, haven't like, been haven't been able to do very well. So then, DC did they 52 and countdown? That was like a big deal that they were doing a right. weekly comic. As far as originally, when I was young, like like uh, was saying. I used to read mine in the grocery store or before I was before I, an adult, hated Walmart, didn't go there anymore. When my parents went to Walmart, <laughs> they'd have the next to the book aisle. There'd be a whole comic section, you know, it'd be on spinners in random places and you would just sit there and look at them. I don't even know if they still have them in the stores like that now. They, yeah. they
2: don't because of the move away. And now the with the movie's successes, they're trying to get back out. But what happened was, and I, I don't want to nitpick, but like what you said, Leonard, it wasn't the fans. And I want okay. to make that very clear. What okay. comic fans that created this oversaturation? It was, was the just, movies no, and casual no, people. No, it wasn't. It, okay, <laughs> not either. it was uh, the development of the collector marketplace. Okay. Of the people who were just seeing comics as an investment.
0: Okay. Say, I'm okay.
2: buying this because it's going to be worth it. Like, that's what happened, and that's when the comic industry, like people say, that's so 90s. You'll hear that when you talk about comics, and that just means that it's kind of over-the-top it's not the best written, and and it's just like it's it's a vehicle to move more units as opposed to tell a good story. Right. Okay. What happened was the comic bubble got so big that in I believe it was 1998, Marvel ended up filing for bankruptcy. DC had already been bought up by Time Warner, but they had been their their reins had been cut by Time Warner because it was like you're wasting money. Mm-hmm. So from there, the comic industry, especially the big two, had to get uh, had to start telling better stories to. To, I wish I could like point to a seminal story that's like this is when I could say, when Greg Morrison was on JLA in 1998, that would not have happened in 1992. Greg Morrison, and know he is, he's like a seminal, like very trippy, very heady, very big concept writer. And to put him on your Justice League book is kind of saying, like, Oh, we're telling some trippy stories with big names, and they wouldn't have done that in '92. By '98, they said, "Oh, the collector bubbles burst. We need to get back to telling good stories—the Neil Adams type stories, the Denny O'Neill type stories." That's when they started paying creators to say, "Come here and tell your story." And that's kind of where, what primed the industry to be used in the larger sense as far as cinematically.
0: Okay, so so would would you all say that um, the sort of creation of comics being a cash cow had an impact on the quality of the material that was being put out at least in the earlier days maybe it's stabilized now but you know when you when you all felt that transition did you feel like you know that the quality of the material had had taken a hit you know in in any kind of way we'll go with deep first
2: I definitely feel that way um, And I don't want to like, I, I sound like I'm just complaining Like an old person Like I'm I'll be 30 I'll be 30, I'll be 30 this summer I'll be 30 this summer I'm not
0: yeah, 30 man. Nigga please Man I turned 35 In January Get the yeah, fuck see, out of exactly. here <laughs> I turned 32
1: this summer Hush that I, I, I just, I just want to say I do not want
2: to sound Like I'm the kid, the old man yelling, get off my walk. I feel but-
0: you. No, uh, before you get into your answer, I do feel you in that, though, because, you know, as you get older and you start talking about things from the past, you do kind of walk that line of, I don't want to sound like I'm old and bitter about things, <laughs> yeah, but you're just I trying to, you like, bitter. you're just I trying to... crossovers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: Everyone knows
0: you're Everyone knows. Do you
1: know I went to San Diego Comic-Con in 2011, and there was a panel about the New 52 every day? And we went in there, and it was like, no new
0: <laughs> <laughs> She was protesting them shit. It was it
1: was so epic and awesome. But That's yeah.
0: funny, man. Go ahead, D. I honestly forgot what I was talking about. Um, we were talking about. Um, you said you didn't want to sound like you were old as you as you kind of go into talking about the oh, changes that you trying- feel in the quality. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I felt like honestly, it was it was Marvel and DC are making more money than they ever had. And for a long time, people got kind of greedy in the industry, like, oh, we can double ship this, or we can have eight Spider-Man books, because people will buy it. Um, because there was so much money out there, you started seeing traders <clears throat> go into business for themselves. That's how we got Image Comics. It was actually set, was it six or seven artists who left the big two and said, we can tell our own stories. And, well, that didn't, oh, that was, excuse me, that was Wildstorm, and then Image came out of Wildstorm, whatever. But... The bottom line oh, was, wild storm. oh, wild storm. Um, D- D- team DC now. <laughs> well, they, ha- they got bought out. What do you want to <laughs> do? Um, so yeah, like she's saying, like a lot of the times it became, and especially when in the early '90s, when artists were paramount, when it said this has to look good so we can sell multiple covers of it. You saw people like Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson giving these huge, exclusive deals from Marvel in DC, and then they went and started their own company called Wildstorm. Because they put such a paramount on art, the story had suffered dramatically. Some people call the 90s the nadir of comic storytelling, it's not I can't really argue with it because you just saw event books like they killed Superman because but you're never going to kill Superman So intellectually you may know they're gonna bring him back, but the first time they do it It's a big deal yeah. Then they were killing characters to felt like every week just so you could have the memorial memorial uh, uh, Issue for ambush bug like that doesn't matter I about Ambush
0: bug. <laughs> So
2: about For me Yes, the story. There are good stories that were told in the '90s, but for anyone who wants to say that the '90s were the weakest storytelling decade, I'm not gonna fight them over it.
0: Right, Siobhan you got anything you want to add to that?
1: I'm just these days with all these crossovers still. Since Shavon, if you're not reading, you can't complain.
2: That's kind of how it works. It's like the person
1: who's not reading. I'm I, pe- said I read, paid you said for Marvel you Unlimited every month. I'm talking. Thank you, darling. I Marvel shoes, Unlimited. I am <laughs> speaking. I paid for Marvel Unlimited every month, and I use my College app. I read my indie books, and since I pay for Marvel Unlimited, I do come across all those crossovers. Hello, we're reading New Avengers right now. I had to go back and read all the tie-ins, got to understand what the heck was going on after issue eight, because it was, wait, wait, what? Like, what the hell's going on? And like, so the tie-ins, even if you're only reading one book, are still an issue.
0: Word. All right, man.
1: But, uh, so for writing, um...
2: The quality of writing is nowhere near it was in 1995.
1: These days, it's, like, all these complex interacting interacting stories, but it's not as in – a lot of the stories back in the day were, like, long-running so that it was, like, you had to be aware of what was going on in the past when something big happened and, like, everything exploded. You were like, wow, wow, this is totally unexpected because it was all new. But now a lot of it's just kind of redoing what's been done before. So I guess you could say the writing in the past was better. Because, like, when Age, of, when Age of Apocalypse went down – like you had a time traveling person kill one person all of a sudden the entire timeline changed for the entire x-men series for like three months that was something completely different you know it was six months and yes
2: it was very different but to Dude. compare that with what well to compare that with what jonathan Hickman did on fantastic four or like what business is doing in x-men like i the, the the level of storytellings it's and for me it's not even just comics it's the level of storytelling across the board. Breaking Bad couldn't have happened in 95 because the mainstream audience wasn't ready for
1: it. Dude, did I interrupt you? Probably. (laughs) I did not. So continuing to what I was saying. (laughs) Uh, So the writing, it was new and different, but now everything is more complex and they do it in a a more interesting fashion. The Mm. story has to grab people and make them stay, um, which they have to do much faster and with much more interest. So you could say nowadays writing is more interesting than it was back then because he was almost like our market was like, hey, you know, these are our comics we have and there's not much difference. But now books get canceled like out of nowhere. You got to be making your sales. You got to catch people and you have to make sure they stay with it or they drop you completely. So I think now they try to. But the problem also with that is there are a lot of got you and grab factor things going on that aren't. Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so, you know, moving along, we we got about another good 45 minutes or so before we need to let you all go. Um, so I wanted to ask you, and this is this is a, a totally subjective thing, but um, you know, we've been talking about sort of quality and and different things, you know, related to the books and, and your experience with them so far. Um, in your opinion, what makes a good comic book? You know, what are some of the key elements that that you look for, and the things that you would say make a book a quality book and something that you want to continue to read? We'll go with Siobhan first if she's ready. Mm-hmm. and then then we'll go with (laughs) Tiddy (laughs) Pop.
1: What makes something that I read? Well, nowadays I'm way, way less likely to spend my money (laughs) on than I used to just mass purchase things. One book that I never read and I just couldn't get into is Superman. So things that are just someone who's like completely overpowered and they have to continuously create these ridiculous plot lines to depower Mm -hmm. them a little bit so they actually have a chance, people actually have a chance against them in their books. Don't read those. Um... I've been. I'm more into like the the bat books <laughs> always have been and just because he's not even though they have gone on their way to overpower him in recent years. But I just like the books where it's like more concentrated on the story and the interaction of people versus the fact because you know, comic books in my mind are just like soap operas. Mm. <laughs> like so like the, the drama that goes on in the background is what makes it the most interesting. We recently read we read um, Astonishing X Men. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't about their power is what made the books interesting, but all the drama and the history to them that we all knew from these years of reading X-Men coming out to play and affecting the current storyline was what was most interesting. So for something I've been reading for a long time, something that remembers its past and references it, something that's new, something that's interesting, quickly builds its world Mm -hmm. and makes me care about characters, not just something where it's going to be hyper-powered people battling it out. I'm just not going to care
0: yeah that makes sense I, I definitely can get with that um so Deepon, what was your what would be your answer to you know what you know you think are some of the things that make a book a good one or a, a series or whatever you know a good quality one
2: uh, for me it's the same way you treat a movie or any other form of entertainment it's yeah like said, like you can have the the, the the flash but if you don't have any substance i'm not going to stick around um i've I, and i'm not even i guess i'm more of an old school comics thing, because if, if it's a writer, if I can see seeds of things early, I'll be like, I'll stick around and see where we're going with this.
0: Right, yeah. But
2: if, if it feels like you're telling me a story to tell a story, then to get your paycheck, and I'm not going to, why would I be here? But if I feel like you're investing the characters, and and I think, honestly, for me, a lot of it help, <clears throat> is helped by kind of the, the, the internet, because I can go through, like, after reading John Hickman's Fantastic Four run and I can read interviews and he'd be like it was important to me that in the 60s The Fantastic Four had the the, the tagline world's greatest uh, comic book He said I wanted to earn it back And if you read his run about halfway through Marvel decides to put that tag back on the book mm. Because he's like this comic mattered for me as a kid. It matters to me now I'm gonna make it matter to everyone else and I thought I think he wrote 50 issues. and It was beautifully done Right.
0: Okay. Alright, um and, and you know, just to to go on the other side, you know, what do you think makes a book bad? Um, we'll go with Deepon first and then Siobhan.
2: Um, for me, bad books are books that have no really ambition, like like Siobhan said. Like there's Superman writers who come in and say, "I'm gonna tell Superman versus Lex loser," but I'm gonna tell it the same way it's always been fucking told, because because <laughs> that gets me paid. Like what, take a chance. Like tell me <laughs> tell me your story. Like don't give me a story I read before. But at the same time, like and and I hate saying this, and I, and I almost I'll, I'll I'll regret saying this. If the art is distractingly bad, I oh, yeah. just, I can power through most art. If your art is like to the point where like I don't know where what kind of panel structure you're using or like 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 nerdy comic stuff like the way you space out a panel can usually tell how you should pace a story. Mm. And if you have if your panels don't match your story or if the art is so bad like I'm literally like, wait, who the fuck said that? Then yeah, I I'd probably gonna back away from your from your book. Okay. Or at least from that issue.
0: Alright, no doubt Alright, so, you know, we're going to get into a few things here Actually, um, I want
1: to have you at that I have a pretty, like uh, Deep Palm I have a pretty good tolerance for bad um, Art Because I read a lot of manga And a lot of them, when they start off
0: They're <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: real bad. Like they evolve, but when they first start off, oh, it's terrible. So if a, if a, if the art is bad to the point where I don't want to deal with it anymore, it's bad. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like if I felt the need to walk away, well, we should have just gotten another artist. You should have. You, I could have drew this better than you, and I can't even draw a straight line. Okay. I would, say, I would never say
0: that. As funny. I know what you mean. All right, so so all right, so we talked about you know the things that you all like and and look for in the books or whatever. Um, I might know the answer to this, and and the fans we might be able to guess what your answer, but I, I'm gonna ask anyway. Um, what is your favorite comic book series to this point? Um, from all the stuff that you've read, you know what what you know. I would guess that you all would say Avengers, but I don't know if that's right or not. So, what would you say is your favorite series that you've you've you know come across in your time as a fan? I don't wanna go first. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> favorite series oh man okay so there's one indie i've been reading for a long time called noble causes that was a straight-up soap opera that was pretty interesting um i was gonna say fables but i'm thinking about the specific thousand and one nights of snowfall oh it's still so horribly depressing and terrible but uh it was a really good uh mini-arc book um I used to, uh, I would, I, would, I used to say invincible, but when he went on the whole go to the other planet and get trained and come back and fight thing, I kind of fell off. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. Man, what is do I? I mean, I've got so many comics. Right.
0: It's, it's kind of hard, song. and you know, you know the, you know the really fucked up thing is that. If somebody would ask me that question, I would hate it too, because I really don't like ranking things and and calling like with the exception of a few things like maybe my favorite color and my favorite sports team, I really don't name like one specific thing. You know what I mean? Carolina blue. Um, (laughs) One, you know, so so like for me, like I I'm more prone to say like well these are my favorites and just name a bunch of things. Okay, well, issues.
1: one month in July in DC did a crossover cross sacrifice where Superman got was getting mind controlled by Maximil, Maximilian Lord, Max Lord Maxwell Maxwell. It was a Maximilian, wrong. Okay, well, Maxwell Lord and um, he attacked Batman and Wonder Woman interfered with that and he was like, What's going on? and they just came to get him and uh, he came back up to the space station and they were all. Wonder Woman's healing Batman with the purple ray device, or whatever, and she's take she chose to take him back to Gotham. The moment she leaves, he's his, his controller basically makes him attack everybody else to escape. She comes back and see what's going on, and she ha- does what she has to do. She, um, because Superman is not uh, invulnerable to magic or faith-based tools, um, when she was fighting him. Basically, the reason I like this story is because it gives the it makes clear the difference between Wonder Woman and Superman. Superman is a very strong person that likes to punch people but doesn't have any training. Wonder <laughs> Woman is a warrior who kills people. So, when they were fighting, she disabled his hearing, and then when he to, but she didn't want to kill him, she used her tiara to slit his throat just enough where he had to hold it and maintain pressure on it. So then, while he was incapacitated, she went and found the person that was controlling him and did what she had to do. So for a story of, hey, one Woman will kick Superman's ass, that is my... (laughs) ...favorite DC comic.
0: And I I wanted to mention to everybody out there that March is Women's History Month, so... (laughs) (laughs) So this... Answer was sponsored by Women's History Month. Shout out to all the ladies. Well, that
1: was July 2006. But, was
0: but I can not even
1: remember the month because the book happened in Wonder Woman. It happened in
0: Superman.
1: <laughs> it happened in Batman. And it was the only Superman book that I was I had bought at that time because I had stopped buying Superman, I want to say, in 2004, 2005 for somebody else.
0: That's what's up, man. All right, Deep Palm, what, what will be your answer for your favorite series if you could pick one. One, you can go to hell. This is unfair. Well, just name a few then. <laughs> just go ahead and name a few then.
1: choose your okay, favorite, either issue or a short crossover storyline or an arc. Yeah,
0: that. Yeah, that definitely work. Uh-huh.
1: I'm, gonna, I'm
2: gonna say no. I think my favorite series, because for me, like like Siobhan said, these are ongoing stories. This is an ongoing soap opera. Because, like, I would say X Men, because historically I love X Men, but then uh-huh. Chuck Austin happened, which made me want to rip my eyeballs out um i would say spider-man but the clone song happened um i think the f- cover to cover the best series i've ever read is ultimate spider-man okay
1: see so I, I like know. oh my gosh ultimate used to be really close you, to my heart did i interrupt you you did so what do you <laughs> want to say now
0: <laughs> I, to I was anyway.
1: gonna say Ultimates is close to my heart too please tell more
0: <laughs> um
2: so the ultimate, the ultimate line is kind of a reimagining of the Marvel Universe. And from day one, Brian Bendis wrote it, wrote Spider-Man, and he wrote it through Peter Parker, through Miles Morales. The last issue comes out next month, and he wrote it. First, for one writer to write the whole run is one amazing, uh-huh. and two, let's him tell a consistent story. Um, as far as current uh, other series, I, you have to go outside the big two just because things have been around so long. I love Invincible. Oh. I
1: remember
2: my favorite story, but go ahead. I love, I love Invincible. Um, it's an image comic. Robert Kirkman. I love The Walking Dead. Also Kirkman. Like I said, I ride with, I ride with Greg. Um, there's a IDW book, Transformers More Than Me the Eye, that James Roberts is writing right now that's amazing. Oh, Hickman's Secret Warriors. It's funny, because when you say, you say series, then it becomes like well, what's a, what's a book-in thing that I can say was just this thing that was written? We're talking yeah. about arcs. Um, there, I mean, I could say it all day. I thought the Superior Spider-Man arc that Dan Slott just finished was amazingly done. I knew I mean, you were going to say
1: that. I was waiting. I was like, he's going to say Superior Spider-Man. Well done. Anytime you
2: see Peter David's name on a book and the word X-Factor on it, buy that book. Um... DC-wise, Jeff Johns' Wally West flash run, I really enjoyed, Mm -hmm. where he kind of reinvigorated the rogues and introduced Zoom, Um, and Scott Snyder's Batman. Those are kind of the big whatever, however number I've got. Mm -hmm. And 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 Greg Morrison's JLA, because it's it's literally God-given comic form. Okay, so
1: I remembered my favorite, favorite short-run comic that is completely done and over. Planetary. <laughs> I like I like and planet. then I would say, one we'll comic that would have been a favorite of mine if it didn't continuously keep having hiccups would we'll be Why the Last Man. And of course, the next to last issue made me go to MySpace and leave a hate message for Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, no, listen, it was pretty funny. It wasn't a hate message. He was like, Why are you doing this? And it you know was hilarious. Like, there was a ton of us on his web MySpace page writing. See. He deleted all of our comments. Good.
2: Hater. Listen,
0: Damn, yo.
1: Yo, son, how you gonna Good. deliver comments? Get out of here. This is
2: exactly
0: what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. People get mad at Kanye. You can't tell him that. You can't tell. Story. Siobhan, you can't it tell is, that man it, what to, had, to do with his it, shit. It was, the
1: next to, it was the next to last issue. So the story was already written. We were just making our feelings known about how it went. Yeah, you making you your know, feelings known. Making your about
2: how you felt about your feelings.
1: And totally. it right. Right. And we came
0: back. We, we were like, just no, letting our I feelings know. be known. Like,
1: son, I just want to let you know how I feel. I feel so attacked Hey, well, I, well, I, well, I, well, I came well, here to have a good time and I'm feeling so attacked right now.
0: See? <laughs> see, you you was being a <laughs> <laughs> Twitter,
2: I need you to reach out to Chris and apologize for whatever the fuck happens on this next podcast.
0: Yeah, man. Hey, yeah. Wait
1: wait up what's hilarious is I was talking to him about this yesterday. I said, yo. He goes.
0: Leonard's a grown. Yes, he, he did this to himself. He can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Chris, man, I apologize for getting them all worked up. You know what I mean? Because like we said earlier, they're gonna God go damn, over the Christian God show. Siobhan, Siobhan we, she's gonna go over the Christian show when this is over with. So y'all make sure to check out movie trailer reviews, CBBC Comic Book Book Club. The, what episode are y'all gonna be on? What, what I, I, I don't know like, it's like number whatever the most. New Avengers seven to twenty four. Yeah, listen to that episode after you listen to this one. You know what I mean? This is just the 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 pregame shit. <laughs> you really want to hear Siobhan on that one over there? So check no, out no, Chris no, and no, his joint. No, no, no. He was like, <laughs> I
1: was like, uh, he's like, he wanted us to get it out before we came over there. But oh. I was like, don't you know we're just gonna get more
0: hype? So. Yeah. The thing but is, now
2: we, now agree, we agree on New Avengers though. I think so. We're
1: yeah. Oh, my God, they're so sweet. Yeah. But no, so from, yeah, Planetary is a book. I even told Morton Ellis that I would cosplay Jakita And he was like, okay, send me a picture. Hmm. I,
0: was
1: like, I was like, wait, wait, that costs money. And then we get around to that. Let's see. But no, um, Planetary and, oh, there was another book I was going to mention. That I really, I brought. Plan-
2: did Planetary lead the authority?
1: Oh no, you're thinking that's Stormwatch? I'm thinking Stormwatch. Sorry. Okay. And actually, it's funny you should say that because I was going to mention it earlier when I was talking about the books. I have the entire Stormwatch run and the first hundred of Authority. So if anybody wants, you know, I got. So. What issue did Authority fall
0: off? She got it for it cheap. <laughs>
1: I don't. I didn't keep reading. Like I tried to keep with yeah. it when they took over the world, and then oh, when they killed Jenny Spark, I was like, hold up. What, Paul, Paul, son? but then the new girl g Corp was cool that. but I just kind of couldn't keep up with it was it, it just... was a
2: writer thing I think I know I think it was a they changed writers and I think I know who it was I'm not gonna map on
1: but now the authority is um they have a new name C. the DC yeah but they, 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 they the whole new thing went down because now they are alternate earth and they started fighting with somebody there's, there's, uh, there was multiple authority oh that's right there was multiple authority teams going on at the same time and like there was like the one that was attached to UN got disabled and another one that took and then they took over the world, but then something happened when they got toppled and then another team came in. So it was all annoying. So at that point I was like, I'm good.
2: Yeah. It's when I think honestly it's when uh when Edward Breaker took over. I was like, I'm out.
1: this! you just put the name out there. Like, yeah, I about it.
2: because he writes <laughs> so, he writes so much good stuff that like this is just his miss. Everyone his
1: you know, sometimes. I didn't quite, quite enjoy I didn't quite enjoy his Captain America run. I think Either- Oh, yeah,
0: everyone. All right, no doubt. All right, so we got a few more things to get into before I let you all go. Um, so I recommend Planetary.
1: Planetary,
0: Planetary. everybody.
1: Also, the side issue, World Within, is there's a crossover with DC with the big three. That one's really good, too. Like, especially if you're a Batman fan, there's one issue in there that's, that's pretty That's the best. Great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the best issue because it just goes through all the different Batmans as he's encountering the uh, planetary members and it's just Batman being epic across the years.
0: Word, shout out to Batman. Batman that's, that's that's my man right there, Batman right there. So um, I was going to ask you about your favorite characters, but we don't have to do that. Uh, oh
1: that'd be so hard, wouldn't
0: it? I, it would, I, yeah. Why's Wally
1: West?
0: Wally West, okay, Wally West, the Flash, word.
1: Well, I think Oh,
2: go ahead. When when the Teen Titans, whatever, the idea of psychics is kind of stupid. But the the backstory of the Teen Titans was if our mentors can never carry on, we step up. And he's the only one who had to. They killed Barry Allen in Crisis, and he's he's literally like a good. But you know, but but then Bruce came back, and, like way faster than Barry did. Yeah, oh, was, but okay. Barry. Barry came back though. You will, can't. We let. That. Will you let me finish? Well, I go you're All I'm saying ahead. is. For a generation, Wally oh, okay. was the Flash.
1: Oh, okay. okay. For like a
2: year, call. Dick was Batman. Okay. Like, I grew up with Wally as my Flash, and there was legitimate feelings when they brought Barry back. I was like, what the fuck are y'all doing? So, <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is
0: this nigga?
1: Like, Barry Allen's a saint. Like, let's just leave him being a saint. Let's Wally wait. was a human. Wait, wait, wait. But okay. that was on purpose because back in our day, back in the day, that was a big thing. Like, oh, a generational shift. But as you see, his thing has got you know, as they realize fan favorites about money, they've kept bringing people like we're They were in for they, 20 they, years. I know
0: mean,
1: I'm saying, but that as money comes into it they bring people out. How long was freaking Robin number two dead? He's back. How long was Robin oh, was dead oh, oh, Bucky, well. Bucky, Bucky was dead even longer Bucky than that. never died. According to the story Nobody, now, nobody knows that. Bucky, was dead. Bucky was dead. Come on now. You
2: want to be a comic yeah. reader comic reader?
1: Dude, are you serious right now?
0: You started good shit. Uh, children, anyway, children.
1: So I mean, so yeah, that was amazing for that. I give you that. But nowadays, it just they they even already said what Wolverine's only gonna be dead for what six months. <laughs> 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 they already said it directly. So I mean, it's different. That's,
2: that wasn't the question. I asked you the question. Of my favorite character.
1: I know that. I was more addressing your statement about how the only reason he was the only one that stepped up. No, no. Was, okay.
0: Well, now that we got that settled. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, Wally's your favorite. That explains so much about your personality.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Siobhan, do you have an answer for who you would say your favorite is? Uh, just, just to, you know, figure out your personality? <laughs>
1: uh, I'm not sure if I want to give that answer now, but uh, Wonder Woman before the last reboot. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: the
2: thing is, I liked Wonder Woman's book better after The 52. Well, I mean,
1: I like it now, but her her personality the things she would do she deemed it necessary was more in line with although I didn't like some of the way the speech was written I did like um,
2: you liked one Wonder Woman moment in four years what do you mean? No, would she have the, would she snap Max and work back?
1: that was not a positive thing but it was something she had to do but that's not what I was thinking about I was more thinking about i was i remember reading the sacrifice storyline and remembering the aftermath where everybody was upset about for killing maxwell lord and i was like did you not just see the previous wonder woman issue where she killed medusa on national television in front of everybody and that's when i realized they don't care about the actual wonder woman books when they, when they were writing any you know, of that stuff but yeah so i uh, at that time i was reading her books and i really enjoyed it
0: because
1: um, she was out there killing people in her books nobody else was
0: doing that. <laughs> Wonder Woman was beasting on motherfuckers.
1: She was actually killing people in her books, and nobody else doing that. Well, but I'd probably say my favorite character is probably Batman, even though he's highly flawed.
0: Batman, that's my man.
1: That arrogance and narcissism, I can I can relate to it.
0: You know the thing that I like about Batman. I mean, um, and there's I have a a question about folks like myself um coming up, uh, in the next few questions, but as i said a few times i didn't read growing up but i've gotten more into comics um over the last few years uh with with the the dawn of you know the different tv shows and movies and all that kind of stuff so i've i've become a fan in that area and then I also have friends who are like the two of you who read you know the stuff you know in in the early days and things like that so they can tell me certain things you know what I mean so I can have conversations or listen to conversations um now through podcasts and different things like that about this kind of stuff um for me Batman and I, I think I said this on Chris's show when I was on there to me I guess because I was able I got into it more as an adult the the whole fantasy world of of you know the 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 Things that happen in these books is one thing. And I can definitely take my mind into, you know, a different space in order to get into the material. So, like, if I'm watching The Walking Dead, you know, I can, okay, I can take my mind into, okay, we're in the zombie apocalypse. This is not the regular world, we're in the zombie apocalypse now. Or if I'm looking at, you know, Man of Steel or something like that, then, okay, this is a motherfucker from a planet called Krypton and he can fly and shoot laser beams out of his eyes. But I guess the thing about Batman that I liked was that. He's a regular person and it's, actually possible for somebody to become this character there's a lot of us who have had tragedy in our lives and things like that And people process it in a lot of different ways but you could imagine like a, a real guy somewhere out there in the world right now who had the money and the resources and the desire to do the things that Batman does so for me I think that's what made me say you know what I fuck with Batman maybe more so than some of the other ones because I, I guess my adult thinking mind was able to grasp the concept of him a little bit better than, you know, somebody who is like Thor or, you know, Superman or, you know, Ultron or something like that. Not that I can't get into those characters or whatever, but, you know, I don't know if that makes sense to y'all or not, but for me, it just, you know, the way that I think I was like, yo, I could fuck with him because you could see a nigga actually doing that. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah. I think almost the way, the reason different characters resonate with different people is because, of the humanity at the core. Yeah. Uh, Superman at its core is an immigrant story. It was it, it, he was invented by two the sons of two Jewish immigrants. Like he, he was the 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 Hebrew ubermish Like he was he's he's just, that's how he's supposed to be told. Batman's yeah. told through a lens of trying to overcome grief and deal with grief and, and now and and while it defines you, not letting it control you. Right. Honestly, he lets it control, him whatever. Yeah. For me, <laughs> I, and I and I've thought we just about this. The reason I like it well was is because. My parents cast a large shadow, my father in particular, and I'm like, yeah, I want to look to that. His constant need to like try to live up to Barry's image mm. is kind of what drives him, and I and I can relate to that. I'm probably that's why I connected with Wally West, also because running fast is a cool ass power, and I was an offensive lineman. Yeah. Not exactly, you know, down my fucking pike. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you was on that line like, fuck that, I want to be I want to be running routes and catching passes.
2: But but even.
0: But even those,
2: like, even each—I'm saying there's a, there's a humanity in each one of those that yeah. probably resonates with something inside of you, something that adds to your personality, and that's kind that of—and honestly, I like Batman more now as I've gotten older and more things half my life. I'm like, man, that's how, like, dude, like, is there anything more tragic as an adult than the idea of an orphan child?
0: There's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's
2: the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And so, I think Batman for me, honestly, is one of the most inspiring heroes. Not because he is a crazy person who jumps off roofs, but because this eight-year-old boy had his parents taken, and at the core of his message is, I don't want any other eight-year-old kid to ever feel this way again.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: That's an excellent point.
0: Yeah, Siobhan, you were saying something about Storm.
1: I was thinking, again, like, hey, my my like the, my favorite characters are basically Batman, Wonder Woman, Storm, and She-Hulk. And then I remember She-Hulk, hey, palm what was the run written by, was it Dan Slott? Where it was like yes. humorous? Yeah. God, that run such of a good Comet. Run. Yeah, that run of She Hope, too, I recommend to people because it was pretty awesome. Like, yeah, fond right. memories. That's what's
0: mm-hmm. up. All right, so so moving along, um, I wanted to ask you all – um what your favorite character origin story is, and if you could briefly describe it. And I don't mean the origin story of your favorite character, but if you can sort of think of, you know, you've read all of these different things and even seen all these different things over the years, what would you say is, like, maybe your favorite or one of the coolest, like, origin stories? Even if that was a series that you didn't fuck with, you know, Um, beyond a certain point, but just like, yo, that was a dope-ass origin story. We'll go with you, Siobhan. Go ahead.
1: I generally... Wait, where am I going?
0: I don't hear it, but...
1: Oh, uh, I generally I, don't. I heard the echo. Yeah. Okay. There you I go. Some... Oh, was you? No, it was, I don't know why you're echoing, but it stopped. Oh, uh, so no, it didn't.
0: Is it is it like distracting to you?
1: Yeah, I, I generally don't like origin stories because they all end up somehow. Most of them seem to be very tragic. Like.
0: Yeah, <laughs> these people be <laughs> have a fucked up lives, man.
1: I... Like, these people were really our sociopaths waiting to happen. Right. They to snap on somebody. You just don't know it yet. So, I don't know. What's a happy origin story? Are there any?
2: I've got two.
1: I'll
2: let you go because I can't Four think of Or the stories I like. Um, to answer your question, happy ones, There, there's an easy happy one in Wally West. He literally wished a film and He's like, I want to be like The Flash. And they made the experiment happen by accident. And it happened again. So, he got – it's a kid who got his wish. Um – my two favorite origin stories are Tim Drake in the old 52, and the old continuity, ah, yeah. because um, the way it happens is after Jason Todd's killed, he notices Batman becoming more violent. and
1: Really violent. Like,
2: super violent. And he's exactly also, violent. he also, like, cracks the code on who Batman is because he watches Nightwing or hears about Nightwing doing a quadruple somersault. The only person he's ever seen do it was Dick Grayson in the circus. So he puts two and two together. He finds out who Batman is, and he breaks into the cave and says, "I'm not to hey. be Robin because you need a Robin. Yep. You need someone okay. to offset you because you've gone off the deep end." He's not a guy who's driven by tragedy. He's not a guy driven by a sense of a, a sense of loss. He's driven by an, an unerring compass of right and wrong. Mm. Who saw a job that needed to be done and stepped up. Okay. Like that's. Okay.
1: My, they couldn't let him stay happy, though. <laughs> no,
2: I mean, obviously, DC is DC, and they change it. But for a good long run, for the core of the origin that we're discussing, I thought it was a really good uh, note. The other one is, um, and this is going to get super nerdy for a second, is uh, the new IDW Transformers series, the Megatron. Um, his origin in that, because... I guess if you know the cartoons like Megatron's the bad guy He wears the purple shield, right, yeah. he's evil And that's it, but what they did, what James Roberts Has done now is kind of in spoilers Not really, but because it kind of informs the story it, um, He sets up A Cybertron where everyone's Dictated by their alt mode And by what they turn into, like if you turn into A truck, you're going to be a, a, a miner If you turn into a telescope You're going to be in the science class And Megatron was the miner who said Why should my entire fate be dictated by what I turn into so it's kind of revolutionary, and obviously it takes too far in four million years of civil war. But like that story, and, and he ends up in his writing ends up inspiring what, what, who become Optimus Prime. And so okay. by adding the depth to that character, I thought it really, you know, it doesn't forget the atrocities, but it kind of gives you an understanding, a better understanding of the war than just we want to do this and you don't let us. Yeah, uh, okay.
1: didn't they take that from when they went back to? Um... What is it? Not unicorn. What the heck is the name of their home planet? Cybertron. And it was this huge, decadent mess where everyone was like kept in social classes. That's like one of the old issues. Is you think that's where they took that from?
2: No. Um, well, I don't know if that was inspired by that. But what happened was, is um, when they rebooted the continuity for IDW, James Roberts was like, "Look, you guys haven't really filled in the pre-war stuff." And I've got an idea that would tell, and he, and his stories from there. It's been honestly, I would recommend the series to anyone because he deals with things like like segregation and uh, transgender relationships and it's very interesting and very well done and if you can get past the fact that you're looking at reading about giant talking robots then it's I think it's probably the best comic on the market right
0: now that's Mm -hmm. what's up man yeah um Siobhan was there anything else you wanted to add to that
1: um no I mean I'm trying to think of a happy origin that didn't have well
0: it's not (laughs) yeah it wasn't it wasn't like a happy thing just just something that you know
1: no no I if it's not happy i wouldn't like it oh okay um yeah i got nothing i don't have one that really sticks out in my mind for
0: all right then moving right along uh (laughs) um okay so that was the question about origin story so we've got a few more things and then uh, we can we can get out of here um you know one of the big things that i've Uh, become aware of over time and I've seen people bitch and moan about is like changes to characters or storylines. In general, you know, what do you, what do you feel about like big changes um, in, in the origin story or the storyline of a particular character or a particular series or whatever, you know, do you like them, dislike them, you know, and what would be some of the things that would make you, you know, feel that way. Um, We'll go with Deepom first.
2: Uh Um, as far as changing origin stories, I, it's weird because it it and, it's, and it sounds like a cop out. If it's well done, I'm on board for it. Um, if you're going to change an origin where you're mining something that hasn't already been established and you're saying, "Oh, there's more story to be told here," well, it's always a good story. Let's do it. But if you're going to change aspects that define the character, I have a problem with that because then you're 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 kind of invalidating everything that's come before. As far as new changes. I know a lot of people say that as long as that that you know you shouldn't certain things shouldn't happen. I don't think Captain America you can make Captain America a Nazi. Like there's certain things that like you just a bridge too far that goes against the core of the character. But for me, most of the changes I'm usually on board with. Or at least I'll take a look at because it's everything's a new, interesting take. and You can't challenge people to be interesting and new, and they get mad when they change something you like. It's, it's it can't be the sword. That said. There is a core to these characters and it's not like a core that we're imagining. It's not a core that a lot of phantoms imagining. It's the it's the four word description. And if you ever if you watch the Marvel movies, Kevin Feige said, When he dated Iron Man, I want four words for Iron- for Tony Stark. And they built the character around that. Once you distilled the core of the character, I think that's an undeniable aspect. Like if you can get to the core of the character in four or five words, as long as you don't contradict that, you can pretty much ride with me. If Captain America turned into a Nazi and started burning down the White House, that goes against the core of the character. If Captain America started picking on people, that goes against the core of the character. But if Captain America, for example, which just happened, puts down the shield and says, the America that you want me to defend is not the one I represent... That's different because he's a man of ideals. He's a man of strict ideals. And that makes sense for me narratively.
0: Okay. So it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, as long as the core of the character, the, the personality, the things that make this, this man or woman, whoever they are, stay the same. Then the way that we get to that doesn't really matter. Like sort of how, like, you know, for example, with um Game of Thrones, you know, it was it was, you know, it's a TV show about George R, R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series. So I guess like as long as the characters get to where they're supposed to go, if you take liberties with how they do it and sort of change things, that's fine. But as long as they get from point A to B, then, then I'm good. Is that I, is that I, what you're I, I saying? Uh,
1: I got I, beat with Song
2: of okay. the King of Thrones. I don't care about point A to point B. I want to make sure that the journey in between... We don't lose to the character.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: I want to make sure that we have a consi- consistent voice. And of course, the voice is going to be different because different writers accentuate different aspects of a character based on their own with the story they want to tell. Like, you'll read Spider Man stories where it's all about missing the rent, or read other Spider Man stories where it's all about how smart he is. Mm-hmm. But at the core, like, you've still got it's still Spider Man. You didn't change it. If, it's, if I read a Spider Man story where he's toting two Gatling guns and shooting motherfuckers, like, I'm like, well, that's a bit of a departure. Right. And I'm gonna need a hell of a story to
0: explain. Yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Basically yeah. basically saying like as long as they keep the person who they are, yeah, then then you're good. Siobhan, what, what would be your answer to that? About.
1: Uh, I don't know if this sounds bad, but I've been around comics so long that the retooling of of origin stories is like. Eh, I used to get angry about it, but now it's like, eh, whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: right, in your head, you're like, I like my origin. I'm gonna roll with that one. You know what?
1: Uh, actually, and it's funny you should say that. If a origin story is so disliked, the writers themselves will just ignore it and go back to the old one. Okay. Well, but, artists has had five different fathers in X Men. Yep. So for me, really.
2: Yeah, it's finally Magneto now after the last. I thought movie. it was. I thought it was Magneto, like two, it two was, years ago. It, he li- well, then he then they're saying he lied and the blood says and it wasn't Magneto. And Now they're saying that she changed her blood using her magnetic powers as a kid. Like it's gotten real convoluted to the <laughs> point where when they did the last one, Peter David said like through one of the characters, like, "Is this the story? That is this the final story?" He says that's the best we've got right now. Who knows what comes up tomorrow? Like looking directly into the what would be the camera. Like uh, they're referencing, like this wrong. is the story. Yeah, this is the story we're telling right now. So, hold on tight.
1: For me, as long as the character, when they say they break the origins, as long as the character remains true to its initial Mm -hmm. self, it doesn't matter how they change it for me. They could change, like, for instance, the other day, like Loki is like a woman now and he was going around betraying people but really betraying everybody else. That's still Loki. I'm cool with that. So, they could change the origin, um, but as long as the character still ends up being true to themselves and it's not like something completely. Impossible that would never like completely contradicts the original origin just because. Then I'm okay yeah. with it. If it's something that completely contradicts it, like, just because, I'd be like, I don't know about all this. Like right. uh, That's why That's why I originally had a problem with New 52 Wonder Woman, because if she was raised as a princess all that time, why is she a freaking bloodthirsty heathen? But, <laughs> but, they, but they made it work. They made it work. Yeah, because then, then you see the flashes of her, and you realize that she's just being exuberant in her new role. Right. <laughs> yeah, but... Um,
0: that's what's up. All right, so just just a a few more things, and then we can go ahead and wrap this thing up.
1: Oh, I will say though, I don't like Tim Drake's new origin. So no yeah,
0: yeah, Tim Drake, no we don't, don't like that shit. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: although I do like that they didn't like the, when, the, when the before they reset everything, they went and killed off his dad. I didn't like that either. So yeah. <laughs> well, Brad Meltzer likes murder porn. So
0: shit. All right, so these last few joints before we go ahead and wrap this up, um. You know, generally speaking, you know, what do you feel about the presence of all these new TV and film franchises that are based in comics? Um, We'll go with Siobhan first.
1: Um, TV and film franchises based in comics. All right. Well, considering what we used to have... Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, 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 for instance, I the other day was on YouTube. I rewatched our generation, the Generation X TV movie.
0: Yo.
2: <laughs> I put out my I put out my fifth grade schedule. I was like, I'm not doing anything tonight. Like, Mom, record this. We're watching this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I watched it with my so. parents too. Me, and my parents were uh, me, and my, me, my my parents, and my little brother. We watched all the Star War, all the Star Trek, and everything together at home. So, you know, we watched that, and my parents were like, "Well," and I was like, "Well, yeah." At the time, it was like, "Oh wow, look at skin. His skin actually pulls." But now, looking back at it, oh my god, it was so M M. What did they do to M? What is that? Anyway, it's so horrible. horrible. So. With what we have now, even the movies that aren't that great, it's like, eh, there's like, okay, the only movie I would say that I really don't like that's a a comic book movie these days would be like Fantastic Four. Oh, Green Lantern, come on. Oh, I didn't even watch Green Lantern, honey, so it doesn't count for me. I don't even even count Green Green Lantern, it doesn't exist to me. I said, what the hell is this? And did not go to the movie theater and did not watch it. Um... (laughs) Uh plus I don't like how that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, so I would say that it's a what we have now because there's a market they're trying to reach, it's beneficial, but they also try to make it general enough where new comic book fans can get into it. Yeah. But sometimes they take it too far and it's like garbage. But you know what? I used to watch the old Punisher movie. I used to you know, I saw all those movies, so it's still better than what we had. Yeah. Um, the, the hope now is that what we have is better than... The only thing I ask is they'd be better than what was someone else has done previously. If it's not better, I'm kind of like, what's the point? Right, like, uh, right. for instance, Man of uh, Steel, I watched it and I liked it, but the narrative and the way it was directed was kind of, uh, they can need to do better next time.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. All right, Deepon, what you got for this one, man?
2: I i mean i record an agent shield podcast every week i am this is nerd heaven for me like a, this is honestly i saw i got to see project pegasus get blown up by loki on a big screen and i thrust my hands in there i was like i won yeah. all those years of, of, of comic nerdhood uh i won um for me it's the majority of it i love <clears throat> there's things about it i don't like like uh the Riders were terrible they were terrible um, you watched but, you watched the second one? I didn't watch the
1: second one. I'm just Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming.
2: I feel like if I saw it terrible, no one's going to be like, hey, fuck you, man. So I feel that's like it's the same thing to say. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but for me, honestly, like, people get mad about the changes. Look, these aren't our stories. They're stories being translated
1: to a more palpable medium for the masses. Right. I don't care. Change okay. things. The- Change things. Next- The exception of what's not good. Any anime movies, live-action, have
2: come out pretty bad from America. Well, we're not—
1: We'll count those as comics. Those have come out pretty horrible.
2: (laughs) But um, to answer directly, like, I think that it's been good. It's been very good, and the only thing I'm worried about is the swing back because people now are like, well, why doesn't this comic have a movie?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. giving,
2: Giving a comic book a movie does not intrinsically give it more value. There's a great Miss Marvel series out right now. Um starring a uh, Pakistani American a, a Pakistani-American girl in living in New York, New Jersey oh. that's beautifully written, beautifully and drawn. People are like this needs to be a movie. I'm like, how would you calm the fuck down? Let him get twelve issues out before we start demanding a movie. Didn't
1: like, something did something recently you optioned for something and don't even doesn't even have ten comics? Probably. Like they they make Axe Cop
2: a television show. Like Axe Cop's the comic that's was an idea by a guy, a comic creator given him by his three-year-old son. And, like, it's going to be a TV show on Fox. And, oh! Go ahead. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. So, for me, it's – I don't – I'm excited that more people get to see what I like. Right. Uh, if it brings more people to comics, that's fine. I don't need – the only – like, the wariness I have is, one, the devaluing of comics that don't have movies – where people say, well, that doesn't have a movie, they must not care about it. Well, maybe they've got a story they're telling, too. You self-important jackass, so they <laughs> tell their story. So, nah.
0: so so actually...
2: The only downside I have on the cinematic thing is the way I feel about DC movies, and Siobhan kind of hinted at it with Man of Steel. Right. Um, not every character needs to be that grim and dark and, like, super serious. <laughs> Like, Mar- if you told me twenty years ago that the Marvel movies would be the more fun of the mo- two type of movies, <laughs> I'd call <know> that <laughs> shit insane. I'm like, no man, they, they killed Aunt May, man. Like, Superman's like got bright colors and Green Lantern's up saving space aliens, and like, Batman's driving a literal car called a Batmobile. That's all fun shit. Like, that should be a fun movie. But the fact that you can make Superman like Man of Steel's cool from like an entertainment. Like, look at this guy with kick-ass powers do something awesome. But at no point am I like, wow, that was fucking Superman. Yeah, the narrative,
1: the way they handled the story, the directing, the way it comes around, oh
2: my god. And then putting Zack Snyder in charge of their cinematic universe gives me so much trouble. They might as well call it uh, Justice League, the female parts are a little underwritten. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: also, okay wait uh with um, this next, oh my, this next year, oh my god i saw the preview i went i did the event screening for sucker punch and i tried to warn everybody and nobody listened to me and then afterwards they're like we're so sorry i said i know i told y'all <laughs> I do find myself I don't know why costume changes. Not not when it's not bad. I don't mind costume changes, but when it's like completely different and then they change the way the story is set okay. to be completely different from the way the story is in the comic. For and I'm only thinking of this because I watched the first issue, the first episode of the New Powers TV show and I was highly annoyed about how they redid Zora uh, to make her a teenager and then uh-huh. made, Here.
2: Was it
1: any good? Uh, I mean I don't okay, when I say I watched it, it was playing in the background. I'll be real to you. Yes. <laughs> What, what annoyed me the most was how the way they changed Walker's backstory how, well basically they made it so that Wolf stole his powers and that he remembers his entire past which as you know in the comics is not how it goes <laughs> down for like the first for like the first ten volumes he is he doesn't <laughs> <deal>. like, <laughs>
2: literally and, this is a perfect example we're talking about where you change the core of the character
0: right okay yeah <laughs> and, and
1: like oh okay and then him and dina being partners when they're in the division that's cool but in the in the new tv show it starts off with them knowing he was a power and him being put in the powers division as a detective based on that that's that's
2: one of those changes that you like you've obviously right by changing that stuff you've changed the way you're going to tell your story. But
1: they were like, directly involved
2: in the story, too, which oh no, is why I'm looking at the writers, like, what are you doing? Maybe they're telling a different story, that's fine, but, like, a, like, little brothers talk about, like, a difference. Like, in Walking Dead, they cut off Rick's hand. In the show, they didn't. Oh, and it didn't okay. hurt the story narratively. It's just something that they chose not to do. Okay, What okay. she's oh. describing in powers fundamentally changes the story, and I'm really excited to see how mad people get about it. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know if anybody watched it, though, because, you know, they only put the first episode on YouTube, and the rest is on... Uh... PSN. Yeah, and then, I don't know, I... I and, and, like, sometimes for me, it's horrible to say, but sometimes not even a big change would make me completely turn me off from a story. Like, you mentioned Song of Fire and Ice. I love this series. I've been reading it since I was, like, 16 or 17. Over half my bloody life in the series is not done yet. What do you do Anyway, so um, my problem is that when I went to watch the first episode of the TV show when it came on, the, the, there's a scene with uh, Drogo when him and um, Danny, Danny get married. In the comic, in the book, it was handled completely differently than how it went down in the show, where he basically rapes her, and I was like, "That is not how it went down. I can't deal with this. No." no. <laughs> <laughs> was like, that's funny. Uh, that's, to me, that changed the character of Drogo a little too much for me to be able to be sat with the show.
0: Word. All right, so I just got a couple more things before I let you all go, so you can go ahead and um and get with Chris on his show. Um, so you know we've been talking about. You know, a lot of different things with this, but, you know, we sort of touched on it before um, a lot of folks, as, as as somebody said in one of the answers to the previous question, you know, a lot of new fans have come along because of the TV and film stuff or whatever. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a prime example of that. I, I talked about that a little earlier when I mentioned, um, you know, my appreciation for Batman as a character. Um, you know, what do you all feel about that? Like, you know, the fact that TV and film have brought in new people who might not have necessarily read the books. And, and do you think that, you know, you've got to be a book reader in order to really so-called call yourself a comic fan? Or, or, you know, are you willing to accept new folks like myself who might just be more TV and, and film heavy with our experience with these characters? Um, you know, we'll go with Deep Palm first and then we'll let Aww. Siobhan come in. Uh- <laughs> Oh well, we can switch it. We can go with you first, then. Ladies first. Ladies first.
1: It's funny my thinking on this. It's fine if people are only into the the movies or TV shows. My only issue is this: don't try to dictate and tell me what the characterization of the character is across all the universes when you know the cinematic universe only. But I hate when people try to argue with me about the comics. I'm like, you don't even read the comics. Right. You only read the movie. Why? Why? Why are you trying to tell me about everything? Like you know everything? I'm like, well, you don't have to. I know the movie. I'm like.
0: Yeah, see, okay, I'm, It's
1: hard, hard one to say this, but please know you're lame.
0: <laughs> yo, you know, but honestly, honestly, like I'm, I'm with you on that because, you know, as a person who is more TV and film uh, rooted in, in my fandom of, of these different characters and stuff, I feel like I am trying to stick with my lane. Like I, I can discuss things as, as I know them. I don't know the history of, of, of everything. I might hear stuff, you know, in, in pe- other people's conversations or might have a conversation. Like I, I have a friend that I talk to a lot um, on, on Insta Messenger or whatever who, who was, knows all of this stuff. So if I've got a question, then I can ask her like, yo, what, what's up with this or what's up with that? And I can get more information. You know, she might say, okay, well, read this or, or check out this wiki page or whatever like that. And it'll give me more information about, you know, the the true origins of, of this particular character or whatever. But I, I don't think that I'm bold enough to to come out and, and tell one of you guys or somebody like that like yo well no the way that this shit really went and all I know is the fucking movies you know what I'm saying like I know where I got my information from and I have an appreciation of it from that perspective but I'm also smart enough to know that you know when it comes to this there's a lot of stuff that I don't know and I have to I think it's all about respect you have to respect the culture and respect the, the you know the stuff that has come before this. You know what I'm saying? Like the movie interpretation mm-hmm. could be pretty true to it and I've actually got a question about that that we'll finish up on. Um, but, you know, it's it's. I think it's really a respect thing. What were you, what were you about to say, um, Siobhan?
1: <laughs> I wasn't done so I was going to keep going with that same thought.
0: Oh, Go ahead, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. I didn't mean to pull a deep palm move. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so um, um but i mean i have p- people coming in like I, and actually i was gonna say the reason why i had that statement is because as a woman a lot of people try to dismiss like i don't know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. or so i used to go to cons and people be like oh, who, where's your boyfriend or who you're here with and you know wouldn't assume I had any knowledge. So people often who come in my comments or come talk to me about TV shows are like, well, you don't know about the comics either, so how are you trying to lecture me? Or, oh, the comics don't matter because once they realize they don't have the knowledge to back up what they're saying. But aside from that, I quite enjoy all these new people coming in because even though they change the stories, a lot of them still maintain their core. So I know when things are coming and I enjoy watching their reactions. Okay, yeah. If they see how they react to new things that are going to happen in the comic. And then, of course, as someone who... Um has read the comics when they do change things up a bit. I do enjoy if it's well done. the new twister changes. I don't know. like, for instance, going back to Game of Thrones um, on Twitter, I don't do any spoilers for anything Good. on any of these TV shows. Good. But I do Thank sit you. there but I do sit there and wait for when big things happen so I can laugh at their misery and pain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh,
1: it's so fun. Like, as a book as a comic book reader or a book reader for these different series, you've already dealt with the horror and the frustration of these things happening. Yeah. So seeing it introduced to a new generation of people who know nothing about it, oh, it's so much fun.
0: Yeah, I, I wish more of the book readers would like that because there is a segment, it's a whole nother conversation, but there is a segment of like the Game of Thrones book readers who fucking feel like they're smarter than everybody else because they read the books first. And it's really like as a person that watches the show, I'm like, that doesn't make you any better than me just because you read the shit. You know what I'm saying? And I actually am glad that we're getting close to the end of all of the stuff that the books have covered. Because it's, <laughs> well well from what I've heard, we're we're fairly close to it. Like, you know, there's an end point that's, you know, coming sometime soon. But, you know, with him not putting out the, the the next book in the series we will get to that point at some point and then everybody will be on the level playing field we'll all be watching the show each week to find out what Whoa, the fuck happens i don't
1: watch the show actually because i don't like how some of the things are changed from the books uh, i just enjoy watching the certain big events that i know are yeah. going to be horrible and everyone's going to be horrified about just because i can make fun of them and and then, and then at that point i guess my my elitist book self comes out where i'm like <laughs> you are crying and you didn't know what was coming and i'm enjoying you suffering so much and i talked to and then everyone who else reads the books talks to each other about how much we're enjoying everyone's suffering it's kind of like how all the people who went to go see into the woods didn't know it was a musical and then how they all were like upset about it and it was so hilarious
0: same wow. thing so siobhan's evil <laughs> is what we learned in that last response whoa, whoa, whoa. uh deepon what, what would be your answer we need to get to this one and then i got one more question uh before you all have to go to do chris's show
2: uh uh the core go back to the core of the question
0: that
1: kind of the question kind of the question yeah. the
0: question the question was about you right now madam madam
1: uh, i am supporting him and he's sitting there man, snapping <laughs> the
0: the question the question was about you know what what you feel in general about the fact that um, you know so many new people have yeah. have gotten into it because of tv and film
2: i enjoy it i like i said i I we record that podcast every Wednesday. It's one of the most fun hours of my week. Uh And then I get I always get people on Twitter like, what about this or about that? And I answer the questions. Yeah. And it's fun for me because at some point we all it was always it's it's an old Stanley saying, something's always someone's first comic. Right. Yeah. So make sure they feel welcome and make sure you can answer the questions. I get to run into the subsect of people who are coming at me like uh, who, who caught me aggressively or like they know things. If someone has a question, like they literally just ask me, and I'm like, hey man, check this out or read this, or this is why it's happening, or this is what I think. Mm-hmm. And the best thing, like Apollo said, is that this, the new medium allows them to be different. I think if they took stories and did a shot for shot retelling of some of the stories I love, I don't know how much I'd enjoy it. <coughs> I'm with, I am agreeing. Okay, <laughs> that's a very different case. You can't <laughs> interpret one book so, <laughs> this is what they've done with the movies for the most part is they find the core of the character and they find the best parts of the best stories and tell those stories yeah. Watchmen you kind of had to do a shot for shot thing which I really appreciated if we're going to talk about Watchmen for a second I really appreciated it because it was like a love letter to Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons so that one I really appreciated. I also appreciate the fact that I can go into
0: this month's,
2: I can go into Civil War and have a pretty good idea that's going to have nothing to do with Civil War in the
0: conference. Right.
2: Wait, that's this month. thought right. I mean, I mean next year. Sorry.
0: So, so, so actually, you, you sort of led into the, the last thing I want to ask you all before we uh, before we wrap this up. Um, so you you kind of mentioned Watchmen. What, in your opinion, or is is doing it right? in terms of a, a film or a TV show, bringing a comic book or, or series to, to the, the screen, what do you think is them doing it right? You know how they'd be like, well, if you do it right, then it'll work or whatever. Like, what do you consider doing it right in terms of bringing it from the page to the screen? We'll go with D. first, and then Siobhan, and then we'll wrap up.
2: Not to sound more Marvel fanboy-y than I already have, but really what Marvel's done, they've kind of, they walked in, they said that our characters are strong. They've been telling stories for 50, 60 years. We can distill them to the core and find the best parts of those stories and translate them. Um if you go to Iron Man, I guess it was Iron Man 2, it's got aspects of armor wars. It's got aspects of of the manner. It's, it's, they take a lot of things from different runs. Um <clears throat> when they did The Winter Soldier, I was afraid they were gonna take Ed Brubaker's run and just say, we're gonna put this on the screen. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they adapted to fit the story they were telling, the narrative they wanted to tell, and to fit the director's strengths, and they created something that you did not exist before. Mm-hmm. Um, With something like, if it was a close, honestly, and people feel different ways about Watchmen, I loved what they did in the movie because it's 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 a definitive piece, it's 12 issues of not a whole lot of wiggle room, they put a lot of time and work into it. There's compendiums and like, there's an underlying backstory and things had to be cut, cut out. If you watch the director's cut of Watchmen, it's like three and a half fucking hours. Huh. So, cause that's how dense that book is. But I appreciate that because I got to see my favorite comic book, probably the greatest comic of all time, put on the silver screen. Whereas with the other stories, when you're picking and choosing from a character that's got, like you said, six or seven years of backstory, I think they're doing it really well. What I think doing it wrong is not trusting your characters, taking a look at the current landscape and saying, "Oh, I can fit Superman into this and make him, and Man of Steel was honestly, in my opinion, doing it wrong as far as making people interested in the comics because that, That that Superman's not the core of Superman. You're not telling the best version of your story. You're telling a version, and I'm not saying it's invalid, but you're not telling the best version. And for me, it's fine. It's like making a whiskey or making a drink. Like you distill it down, and then you serve it.
0: Okay, that's what's up, Siobhan. Briefly, um, what would be your answer to to a, a film or TV series doing it right in terms of bringing things to the screen?
1: Okay. A Marvel fan person too because <laughs> I first saw it was Guardians right. of the Galaxy as, yeah, as an example we're just right. <laughs> no, I think
2: it's us fan lawyers, just, we're just right because look at what they've done
1: I was, thinking, oh, I was thinking oh well a story that most people don't care about or know anything about being a big seller on the movies because it's been to say, engage you, bring you in their backstories, and make you interested. And I was thinking Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example, and then you were like Marvel, and I was like, Oh my God, we're going to sound like fans, <laughs> you know, <boys> and girls. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just the way I feel. Like I, I didn't know how Agents of Shield was going to go down, and then when it happened, I know a lot of people were downing it when it first came out. I never had a problem with it, so I didn't understand all the complaints.
0: Yeah, I was, I was one of those people. I, I stopped watching in the first season.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow.
0: That's really? the that's a whole other conversation. Conversation. Uh,
1: so let me finish. So let me go back to my point, which is, so I, I think Marvel is doing really well. Um, and I, but the, the characters that they've given out aren't. So I think it definitely is on Marvel Studio because their characters are strong, but the movies aren't that great mm-hmm. when they're done by other studios. So I would say it's definitely their their uh, control and their determination of where they want to go. Even, even, even Iron Man and Thor, Avengers just annoy me. In the comics, Avengers annoy me. In movies, I like them. So I mean. Well, they don't annoy me anymore, but I mean, oh gosh, pre-House of M, oh my, if Avengers dissembled, oh, they're also stupid, but anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like Marvel's doing it right, and so I look forward to see what other adaptations we get coming up for movies and TV shows that we have going on. That's I mean, they so. could take someone, one character from a movie, the first Captain America movie, and make a whole <laughs> miniseries for Agent, Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Marvel definitely seems to have the formula, man. Um. So, yeah, we'll just go ahead and wrap it up here. There's so many more things that we could discuss, but I definitely want to thank the two of you for being on the show. Um, before we sign off, please let the people know, you know, anything that you want them to check out, where they can find you online, websites, all that kind of stuff. We'll go with the lady first and then we'll let uh, Deepom come in.
1: Um. All I really have is a uh, Twitter, which is Hypolita, H I P P L O Y T A. And since I talk about politics and K pop, <laughs> <lot of> <laughs> I'm not really sure if that's like something that'll interest people. Um, and of course, I go to other podcasts, really only comic book ones. So, Sorry. not a lot of K pop, a lot of C pop too, Mandarin, uh, yeah, Mandarin pop. <laughs> <reading>. oh. <laughs> oh, and it'll be random messages in other languages. So, yeah, my, my Twitter's kind of weird.
0: Yeah, it is, but it's, it's pretty... She's a good follow, though. She's a oh, good follow.
1: Oh, and, and lots of pictures, because I'm very narcissistic and arrogant. So my Instagram it, constantly cross post to my Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> shoes.
0: Yeah, she got a lot of shoes, man. She got a lot of shoes. All right, Deepom. Uh,
2: Like I already mentioned, I'm on every week uh, doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reviews, or comic book reviews, or movie reviews, excuse me, uh, with Chris i write and podcast for a georgia football website GeorgiaCrazy.net. uh it's kind of down in the off season but when football season picks back up uh we'll be a lot more there follow me on twitter at palm 66 uh instagram at palm 66 uh xbox live at tpalm66 you see a pattern <laughs> it's on social media i got a pretty good uh Consistency through that shit. Um, and at me if you want a question about comics, if you want to get in the comics and if you have a character you like, at me and I'll suggest a run.
0: That's me what's too, up So I can
2: fight
1: with him.
0: Sometimes. Word. Yeah, uh, exactly. So so do that. We'll we'll put that we'll put all that information in the show notes. And before I get out of here, Leonard, look and listen podcast at L Brothers Media at look listen pod.com. Look and listen podcast We out of here. Peace. Giving you your introduction, this be the 101.